It's time for Twig this week in Google. Jeff Jarvis is here. Aunt Pruitt's here. We're happy to announce our brand new team member, Paris Martineau. She's here. The DMV has suspended cruise operation in San Francisco. We'll talk about why. Google has a good quarter, but the stock market's not happy. We have some thoughts about that and how to get out of a corn maze. It's all coming up next on Twig. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is Twig. This Week in Google, episode 739, recorded Wednesday, October 25th, 2023. Panic in the cul-de-sac. This episode of This Week in Google is brought to you by Discourse, the online home for your community. Discourse makes it easy to have meaningful conversations and collaborate anytime, anywhere. Visit discourse.org slash twit to get one month free on all self-serve plans. It's time for Twig This Week in Google, the show that's about everything but Google. But we promise everything we talk about today, you can Google if you wish. You can search for it on Google. That counts. Yes, that's Aunt Pruitt uh, of the famous Pruitt clan. That's right. <laughs> and Pruitt.com. He oh, is no. also uh, the uh, club manager, the community manager in Club Twit. And good pal and, and produces a bunch of shows. and TD and all that good all stuff. All that stuff. And he's a great Lots photographer. He's our Adobe guy. <laughs> With him, next to him, Jeff Jarvis, who is, of course... The official Leonard Tau Professor for Journalistic Innovation at the Craig Newmark, Newmark. Graduate Newmark. School of Journalism at the City University of New York. But he is deorbiting his career. I am deorbiting. <laughs> who, by the way, told me the other day when I saw him that he is a fan of our newest cast member. Ah, and that is the big announcement. That is important. We've been waiting because we had to get confirmation from her management. She writes for the information, and the information has given her a green light. Ladies and gentlemen, our newest official full-time cast member, Paris Martineau. Yay! Craig Newmark's favorite host. (laughs) Wow, thanks, Craig. (laughs) What does Craig think about your song? He, oh, he loves it. Insisted loves it. on it. <laughs> yes. yes, that's good. He was. We got to do this again. He once appeared on the show in the circle above Leo. Yeah, he as did. We, as we had the show. So. Oh, that's mm-hmm. very smart. I do think every once in a while you just need to have somebody there to kind of keep you in check. Oh, that's what he does. That's what our pretty much does. everybody's smart. here to keep me in check. That's the whole point of this show. <laughs> and uh, when we when we had to replace Stacy, we didn't want to. She got a great job at Consumers Reports. She's working policy for them. Uh, we needed to find somebody who was equally feisty, mm-hmm. and I think we found that her. She is. Yeah, she's going to keep yes. me in place. <laughs> hey, but, 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 young lady, you didn't come on time today, and it was noted in your permanent record. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Listen, you know, it is, I blame uh, Steve Jobs and the entire Mac and MacBook ecosystem, frankly. Oh, wow. <laughs> I had to reset my computer, so, you know... That this might be actually a good thing for a podcast called This Week in Google. Very nice. Yeah. 
Very nice. Hey, here's a big so, story. I just, I just want to say, well, well, well I'm, I'm so, ha- as, as the guy who won't leave, who never leaves the party, I just want to say how happy I am that Paris is oh. here. It's, it's just Jeff it's has been with the so, show since we you. started in 2009, 14. He's tried to get rid of me. He's, He's tried everything. It hasn't worked. Yeah. We, well, we thought you'd be dead by now, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. We, we, Josh, Jeff and I are brothers from a different mother, and we uh, we act yeah. like brothers, right? There's a little sibling yes, we do. sibling rivalry going on here. But no, I love this panel, and I think we yeah, really, we, it, I'm so thrilled we, it's uh, clicking. Yeah. we got Paris joining us. So thank you, Paris, for putting up with us. Thanks for having me, guys. It. Now, uh, hope you don't get sick of me too soon. Nope. No, you Never going to happen. <laughs> Pretty much people get sick <laughs> of us long yeah, before. It's usually the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Leo. Sorry, I interrupted. California DMV has completely suspended Cruise's robo-taxi permit. They are off the road in San Francisco, that is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you couldn't go anywhere in San Francisco without seeing Google's Waymo vehicles and GM's cruise vehicles everywhere. But is uh, Waymo still on the road and cruise? Yes, off? but here's what happened. You may may not have heard this back in uh, New Jersey. Do you have news back there? But we, uh, what happened? We have people who actually drive their cars here. So yeah, we lazy don't. little suckers. Oh, I think there's on. just someone on the corner who kind of shouts the day's headlines in the <laughs> Today in San Francisco. Um, the This is from TechCrunch. The DMV's order of suspension, which TechCrunch has viewed, states that Cruz withheld video footage from an ongoing investigation oh boy so so a few weeks ago um it's i mean it's a sad story a a, a standard vehicle vehicle driven i think it might have been a truck by a human struck a pedestrian uh, kind of in the middle of the night um later (laughs) the woman flew into the air uh, and got in a cruise robo taxi drove over her and then dragged her oh no oh god so it was a it was a mess. It was oh, a terrible, no. terrible thing. Now these things, by the way, I should point out, people get hit fairly frequently. Pedestrians get hit in San Francisco. It's not an unusual thing. Sometimes they get killed. Yeah. But the issue was uh, that the DMV said we want to see you. We know you, you. There was no video of the initial strike, but there but there was subsequent video from the robo taxi um, during the meeting. This is from the Department of Motor Vehicles in California. The department was shown video footage of the accident captured by the AV's onboard cameras. The video footage presented to the department ended with the AV's initial stop following a hard braking maneuver. Footage of the subsequent movement of the AV to perform a pullover maneuver was not shown to the department. Crews did not disclose that any additional movement of the vehicle had occurred after the initial stop. The department only learned... Of the AV's subsequent movement, which incidentally killed the pedestrian, via discussion with another government agency. In other words, Cruz mm. hid the fact. Uh, the other government government agency was the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, NHTSA, which has also opened its own investigation. It happened uh, October 2nd, early in the month. Cruz's GM, yeah? Yep. The AV traveled up on today, nonetheless. The portion of the video that the DMV says it did not uh, view initially showed the cruise robo taxi after coming to a complete stop, attempting a pullover maneuver with the pedestrian trapped underneath the vehicle. It traveled four, 20 feet uh, as going as fast as seven miles an hour before coming to a complete and final stop. Mm. 
And oh, that, that's sad gruesome. to say that's what mm. killed her. Mm. Um, so because, you know, they didn't cooperate, they lied, basically, they tried to hide it. The DMV says you, you can no longer operate. I'm not sure how long the suspension uh, will continue. They can continue to, to test with a safety driver. It's just no longer will they be allowed to drive without well, a safety driver. Become. Uh, yeah, well, they they had gotten, this is a month after the California Public Utilities Commission gave them full permission to operate without safety drivers at all times of the day or night everywhere yeah. in the city. I didn't think it'd been See, that Meanwhile, long. this, this, this just gets me. Be, Tesla's supposed automatic driving is allowed on the road. If anything should be regulated in technology, it's that piece of crap. Yeah. But Mr. Jarvis, some will argue that, you know, there's plenty of humans behind the wheels killing more people than these autonomous vehicles. Is that fair? Um, I, perfectly fair, Ant. I, 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 yes, but I'm the one on the show who often says, be careful of regulation. Yeah. yeah. In this case, I'm saying, if you're going to, again, if you're going to regulate anything, a 3,000 pound supercharged mm-hmm. vehicle on the mm-hmm. road that hasn't fully been tested, that hasn't been taken through a, a regulatory structure for approval mm-hmm. is allowed to drive on its own. At least Cruz and Waymo are regulated and yeah. are tested and can do this. Sure. It's just, it's just Musk just has this thing just out there and is well, in the, and that Muskian way. And that's what gets me. There's yeah. the further argument that despite these accidents and horrific as they may be, uh, these these uh, autonomous vehicles are, for the most part, much safer than, as you point out, than mm-hmm. human. But they're truly autonomous vehicles. vehicles as opposed to Musk's kind of well, autonomous vehicles. Well, okay, That's but, but I, even, I would say even Musk's vehicles are safer than and have fewer accidents than... Than the teenager that's just 18 years old just right. this past Saturday. They went up Highway 101 at 100 miles an hour and hit another car and is facing about eight felony charges. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. That was and just that the happens other day. all the time. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I mean, I'm looking. Go ahead. I think the thing in question here, though, is whether or not, like, the difference between obviously a single human driver and a company that is looking to put a bunch of these vehicles on the road is that you have kind of a. A one area where you can have create kind of a stopgap, right. where you can slow down potential crashes or issues for a large number of vehicles at once. I think this is probably more of a question of like, how do you want to set up the future of this technology and its adoption? And I agree with Jeff in this case. It is a little odd that yeah. given the scrutiny that his contemporaries have faced, that Tesla's, uh, you know, auto um, driving features aren't being regulated in this way. I mean, it feels like yeah. even with this cruise um, incident, obviously the only reason why they're being completely shut down is because they seem to have lied to investigators. Because they failed to report? A, yeah, a, a, a no-go, you know? Yeah, I, I think we'd be better off even with Tesla's autonomous mm-hmm. driving than we are with human driving. But still need to regulate them. But I, th- th- to me, Absolutely. Jeff, I'm surprised you're not howling more moral panic because this is a really good example of how uh, technology is held to a higher standard than humans are. But that's what that's my point, though, is that it, that, that Waymo and Cruise were held to a higher standard. Musk has not been. I've seen there is no. What's the approval process for Musk's technology? Yeah, well, there's a, a, there's two uh, regulating 
uh, bodies. There's the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration. They uh, they regulate after the fact. Uh, and then there's the people who give uh, Tesla the permission in the first place. But and, did he ever get permission to run? Yes. Uh, by whom? When? Under what? Well, in fact, this was a battle. I'm trying to remember the name of the other organiz- the other uh, federal uh, body that does this. They're the ones that set the regulations. Uh, hold on, I'm gonna, I just part of the problem too is the is the lie of it being autonomous because it is not. Right. Well, it's, but it's that's just marketing. Yeah. You, well, it's false advertising. It's fraud or something at one time, and then they changed it to something else. Okay. So there's a, a I can't I still can't remember the name of the of the company. There's NHTSA, which implements laws from Congress and regulations, and the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration. And so then I see this from twenty 20- OSHA. I can't remember who the other one is. Tesla. Let me see what this is. This is Reuters from 2022 October, so a year ago. Chat room is a Tesla cars will not be approved DOT. as fully self-driving, Musk says. Okay. All but right. then he goes out there and says it's fully self-driving. He sells it. Yeah. Autopilot. Yeah. That's what upsets me. Um, I'm trying to find where that, but what agency? I can't find that either, Leo. Is it the Department of Transportation? It might be DOT. Yeah, Eric Duckman says DOT. It might be DOT. DOT. So... The DOT gave permission for him to operate. Actually, each state has to give permission, I think, for uh, autonomous vehicles to operate. But DOT, I think, the problem, and I, I do remember this, you know, we're going to have to get Sam and Bull Samet on, because I do remember there was some conflict between, is it DOT, whoever it is, DOT that sets the regulations, and whoever in, investigates the regulations. Oh, oh, maybe it's the NTSB. That's what it is. It is the NTSB. Oh, oh yeah, no. yeah, 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 yeah. So it was, it was a... And so it was the NHTSA. It was it was NHTSA versus NTSB. NHTSA sets the regulations, gave permission to Tesla. The NTSB investigates, investigates. Yeah. the crashes, and the NTSB has said several times, just as Consumer Reports has say, said and others, that there should be strong NHTSA should have stronger regulations on the when self driving can be used. For instance. Uh, on most vehicles, my my Ford, uh, for instance, with Blue Cruise and GM has its own uh, kind of self-driving. It's only on highways that have been mapped. And it's not on surface streets. Okay. But Tesla allows you to use their self-driving on surface streets. Parking lots. And, and, and the NTSB has said to NHTSA, you should not allow that. Yeah. But NHTSA continues to allow that. So I think there's actually a little battle between the NTSB. And yeah, as them. of August 24, story in Reuters again, um, is saying to try to resolve a two-year investigation into Tesla Autopilot and could make a public announcement soon. NTSB. So I, and NHTSA. Oh, okay. And what are they looking to resolve in this case? Whether or not uh, this should be allowed to proceed generally? Yeah. I yeah, they're so. concerned and, about and, and, they're concerned about te- NHTSA raises more concerns about Tesla's autopilot safety. Um, yeah, I'm, again, definitely you start see, by, you see the by changing way autopilot. But let me ask this question: oh, yeah. So I don't want to go after any particular company, whether it's GM or or, or uh, Tesla. But should, I mean, are these autonomous vehicles? Here's the problem. In order to get better, they need to do it in the real world. Sure. They can only go so far 
in in the lab. They need to get out there. That's what Cruz and Waymo with Google have been doing is going out in approved communities. First, it was Phoenix and then later right. San Francisco, San, right. San Diego, and actually do some driving. At first, they could only do it during the daytime with a safety driver, but it needs to get this data so it gets better and better. Uh, Elon has just said, well, yeah, we're just going to do it and we'll get the data and we'll get better and better. I think you could still make an argument that all of these systems are safer than human drivers, that the vast majority, you know, it'd have to come down to per passenger mile, I guess. But I would bet, I don't know, yeah, I'll have to look, that per passenger mile, uh, human conducted vehicles are still more dangerous than autonomous vehicles. But answer me this, Leo. Well, first, but if you're promising something, if you're saying the car can drive on its own and it really can't, that's an issue. Yes. But second, both Cruise and both GM and and Google have a whole raft of sensors that Musk says, "Yeah, we don't need those." And that's what concerns me. Well, is I that agree. He, he thinks that he can just do anything. Yes. Uh, oh, I think they, there's also is- maybe like an easier question to answer here, which is that part of this should go back to we haven't figured out the liability issues plainly yet like in these cases where say like what jeff's talking about you start using a tesla's full self-driving features thinking taking it at its word it ends up hitting someone god forbid killing someone who is liable in that case is it you because you were behind the wheel is it you and tesla is it more tesla than you i think that we need to probably figure out a regulatory framework that can be applied in cases of liability in order to kind of have the second or third steps in these situations figured out. So here's some stats. I've got some stats. I do too. (laughs) Go ahead. See who's are humans better drivers than you thought. Uh, According (laughs) to, uh, uh, I guess NHTSA, Autonomous vehicles are involved in more crashes, 9.1 crashes per million miles traveled compared to 4.1 for conventional vehicles. But injuries in traditional vehicle collisions are usually worse than they are autonomous because a lot of uh, autonomous vehicle uh, crashes are low speed. Well, here's the fatality. I'm also interested, though, does that uh, those fatality and injury rates for human driven vehicles, does that include uh, commercial vehicles like tractor trailers or things like that? Because those aren't frequently driven by in an autonomous way, but those can bump up your injury and fatality rates. Mm. Right. Well, here's what I have from the American prospect. Uh, The overall fatal accident rate for auto travel according to NHTSA, was 1.35 deaths per 100 million miles traveled in 2022. In other words, Tesla's FSD system is likely on the order of 10 times more dangerous at driving than humans. Where's that from? American Prospect. And and fatalities. Uh, uh, Search safety of Tesla Tesla autopilot. It'll come up. Uh, Um, All right. That's interesting. From Cade Metz writing for Ars Technica, he looked at every crash report Waymo and Cruise filed in California as uh, this year. The two companies, Waymo and Cruise, reported 102 crashes involving driverless vehicles. That's over 6 million miles of travel, traveling, which is one crash for every 60,000 miles. That's about five years of driving for a typical human motorist. They were tend to be low-speed crashes 
Humans drive close to 100 million miles between fatal crashes. So, um, okay. it sounds like humans are safer. Yeah, okay. Which kind of surprises yeah, me. Uh, a, yeah, a fatal accident rate, it's implying a fatal accident rate of 11.3 deaths per 100 million miles versus 1.35 for human. Yeah. Now, presumably, uh, autonomous vehicles are getting better, right? I mean, I yeah, don't know if they and, are. And you're but, right about the training. You're right about all that. But I think that, that Google and, until lately, GM... That was a that was a bad you know management problem, not a technology problem, uh, yeah. in what they did. Um, they've been doing it, I think, in a careful and measured way, and I'm fine with that. It's what I, my argument is that, as with so much, Musk just gets away with doing whatever the hell he wants. There's another thing to point out, which is that almost invariably, when a Tesla or other autonomous vehicles crash, they crash with a driven a car driven by humans. And so it could, yeah, it's a that. little muddying the waters yeah. because could the uh, human had intervened? Could sooner? the human have made a pro? Yeah, maybe the human that they crashed into caused the accident. I think often it's the case with AVs that they do fine in in known conditions, but as soon as there's an erratic situation, like I mean, a I would say the same is true the of humans. Humans typically probably do well in known conditions, but if yeah. you have an erratic <laughs> yeah. individual yeah. thrown in the mix, you're gonna yeah. probably have some issues. All right, I don't. All right. I think I think the the jury's a little bit still out, but I have been disabused of the notion that autonomous vehicles are better drivers than humans are, which you know I had thought. I had well, yeah, I, I, I'm 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 quoting about Tesla particularly. I don't know about yeah. Cruise and Waymo. Yeah. Well, it this seems like it's also true of Cruise and Waymo. And Cruise, as of now, is no longer operating in San Francisco or anywhere in California, which is kind of a surprise. They just got permission from the California PUC to go go have at it. Have In fun. that TechCrunch article, they did. I mean, it is such a short. Long... Go ahead. Oh, I was saying it's such a short-sighted move by Cruz to and whoever oh. in management made oh, the decision to, to try that. and bury this information. Very, I think, like we were talking about at the top, it? you yeah, know, made that call. accidents happen. You have to be transparent about them. I mean, there's no other way around that. All right. Their, their intention was to, uh, in 2022, the company operated 100 robo-taxis in San Francisco, announced their intentions to increase the size of the fleet to 5,000. Yeah. Well, not now. Yeah. It was already jammed. I mean, they were, they're, 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 these cruise and Waymo vehicles are everywhere in the city. You see every Have you driven vehicle. in them? Or ridden no. In <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I will put. You're I will not put there my, yet, huh? <laughs> my, uh, I will not put my money where my mouth is. I will. I would much prefer to be in a human-driven vehicle. As as scary as that can be, the scariest ride I've ever taken was the ride from Rome to the airport <laughs> in April. Oh. <laughs> it was terrifying. He was going 100 miles an hour. Uh, yeah, but wouldn't wouldn't would a robot vehicle have gotten you there that fast, Leo? Probably. No, that's true. We weren't late, though. I mean, we had... <laughs> you don't say. I do think they should try and test. I mean, as someone who cycles, this is probably not something I actually want. But I think the final frontier for autonomous vehicles is if they can drive in New York City. True. And notice no one's lots trying. Of challenges, yeah. Lots of yeah, challenges. I mean, oh, I think no. there's probably a good reason. <laughs> oh, no. I no. would think, now this is, again, going to be just my thinking as opposed to actual fact that Cyclists are safer with autonomous vehicles. They're they're more le- more likely less likely to get hit than an inattentive human, 
Right, that's what always scares me when I'm bicycling is somebody reaching is down. It, is it because of to the put the eight track into the eight track machine and they go, oh whoa? <laughs> is it because of the reflectors or what? Because they're there's there's small I think they can see bikes, but I can think they can see bikes. And unlike human drivers, they're always looking. Mm-hmm. But human drivers, yeah, yeah. I think that, that is the difference. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. At least in New York, from what I've seen anecdotally, most cycling-related deaths and accidents here happen because someone's making a left or right turn, yeah. isn't looking. They're not looking. And just, you know, hits a cyclist. And unfortunately, in New York, drivers think you can get away with that, and you yeah. most often can, so they're never caught. So but at sad. least with a autonomous vehicle, it has to be looking. That's so its no, whole job. So Noma County scared me straight with the cyclists, it's just turning off of expressway just making a right turn and you don't see him there and yeah it scared the crap out of me a couple times have you ever been doored paris no but i'm always very afraid of constantly yeah. especially because yeah. the bike lanes are right next to the doors the cars yeah. that are parked it's not what you want i always look to see if there's anybody in the car and if there is i kind of try to give them a wide berth because you never know yeah. good news here's a surprise mm-hmm. google's in the advertising business Oh, they are. What? (laughs) Third quarter of 2023 results are out from Google. 71% of the revenue comes from advertising. Mm. Down from 98. So they've considerably... Oh, that's a good good way to slant that. Yeah. yeah, Considerably... uh, What am I looking for? What's the word I'm looking for? Reduced? Diversified. Diversified. What what Uh, is making up for that difference? That's a good (laughs) question. A lot of cloud. Fundamental strength. According to Ruth Porat, fundamental strength of our business was apparent again in Q3. $77 billion in revenue. That's up 11% year over year. Driven by meaningful growth in search and YouTube. And momentum in cloud. The stock went down 9.5%. And why? Why? Because the cloud revenue was disappointing. Yeah. Cloud was not good for Google. Uh, Microsoft's earnings came out uh, as well this week, and they had much better cloud results. It's really come down to AWS and Azure. We were talking about that on Windows Weekly. And Google Cloud is really a laggard. Although um, traffic was up, it wasn't like it was down. It went from uh, $6.8 billion uh, revenue in 2022 to $8.4 billion revenue in 2023. Mm. Still, that's a small number. Compared to AWS, and yeah, Azure. I also think there's a lot of of hype around Microsoft and ChatGPT until they get sued a million times. Right, uh, they're catching up, which is ridiculous because Google has done so much more about AI, uh, but the hype around uh, generative AI just got away from them. Cloud uh, lost nearly half a billion dollars last year. It made a tiny profit, two hundred sixty six million dollars this year. It's not a significant profit. Um, Google services went from eighteen billion to twenty three billion. Other bets that include me paying for the damn service that yes. I get pissed off. At. Yeah, I was about to say it's all Jeff. <laughs> uh, other Our bets states. lost money, but not quite as much as the year before. Carpet costs unallocated doubled for some reason. Uh, total income from all operations this year twenty one billion dollars. That's a that's seven billion a month. That's a nice. Nice uh, little payday for Google. Nice. They just laid off a lot of people in their news division. Did they? 
did Richard Gingras yeah. lose his job? No, no, he's not because he's he's at policy level. Okay, uh, but uh, some developing people I know are gone. And, what about uh, like every other editor that's worked at The Verge and then went to Google? Are they all right? <laughs> wow, I don't know. Wow. You know, the same thing happened to us, uh, but for Apple, many of our hosts ended up working for Apple News. That's true. And I don't know if they're Ooh. all still there, but yeah. Um, let's see. Forward-looking statements. Blah blah blah. Gap, non-gap, R and D increased. I guess you know. Really, I don't. We, I don't really. We're not here to give you stock advice. The only reason we talk about earnings uh, reports uh, on our shows is, you know, what do we learn about the company from that? And what we've learned about Google is, yes, they're still very heavily dependent on advertising, but less so than before. That's you know, yeah. if that's interesting. Does this take that target off of Google's back with the no. decrease in, no, in no. search and advertising? <laughs> no, no. Uh, no. Too big to be. Yeah, yeah. I think every tech company wishes that, uh, you know, yeah. a quarterly or yearly drop in revenue would be enough to get the target off their back. Yeah. But nope. <laughs> yeah. Profit. It doesn't work like that. Profit was up 42%. Mm. Mm. And even so. Pretty nasty Wall Street. Pretty good. Uh, exceeding expectations. Uh, Wall Street's expectations. Yeah, it's interesting that the price went down. Uh, investors were disappointed by the relatively weak performance of the Google Cloud platform, which is at risk of falling further behind. According to Microsoft, Azure, and Amazon Web Services. Uh, oh, behind those two, according to Jesse Cohen, an analyst at investing.com. Yeah, 6% drop Tuesday night on uh, Alphabet's share price. This yeah, is it seems never... to me, I guess, because cloud sales rose only like 21% uh, from the same period a year ago, which is a slower growth rate than it had seen previously. It's the same sort of story I think tech companies all over are seeing, which is, of course, after this huge boom period, your you know year ago comparisons, you're never going to be able to yeah. match that again. But I mean, I would be thrilled if my business was 21 percent better than last year. That's what I don't get with these analysts. <laughs> yeah. what are, how do they know this and, and say, you know what, 21 billion? Nah, that ain't enough profit. Well, I'm sorry, Paris. Uh, is it that the multiplier for tech businesses is should is the 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 benchmark is so much? higher than it is for normal businesses. I mean, most businesses don't grow 21% a year. No. It's because we're just coming off of this period where everything was up and to the right for like a decade, you know? Yeah. And it got only exponentially more so during the pandemic. All these companies were seeing crazy gains and it seemed, you know, to their shareholders and executives that the, it was only up from here but of course that's not realistic and now that you're seeing the entire kind of economy course correct companies like google cloud in particular because google cloud i guess it's worth pointing out these sort of business its customers are other businesses that are also being impacted by these same market forces mm -hmm. so of course mm -hmm. they're going to have less money to spend on cloud services and other things when they're trying to figure out how many employees we have to lay off this quarter trickle down i also think mm -hmm. that the and i'm reading the tea leaves here but the market is a little disappointed with google's ai strategy um sundar pachai was asked at the uh conference call yesterday about their investments in AI for search uh, by an analyst um, and it feels like you know Sundar's answer was 
Well, I'll, I'll read it to you. You decide. I've been pretty pleased with how the user feedback has been on SGE. That's their search, uh, AI for search. Mm-hmm. We're rolling it out to more users. Over time, there will be newer paths, just like we've done over on YouTube. I think with the AI work, there are subscription models as a possible path as well. He's so equivocal. I feel like the Wall Street said, you know, they have no plan. They have no strategy. What's their strategy for They're AI? Up against the wall. Microsoft's eating them alive. Well, but they, they see that's what that's what's screwed up. They have a huge strategy for AI. It's in everything they do. It's in translate. It's in search. It's in autocomplete. It's in uh, uh, maps. It's everywhere in Google. They have been true to that. But generative AI, AI that can write and tell lies, oh, they're behind. Uh, according to Business Insider. I think it's also that, um, sorry to interrupt. No. I think it's also that Google's, like, they don't break out the costs for OpenAI or like DeepMind, but it's AI team, DeepMind, the kind of bucket that they put those costs in. It's called unallocated corporate costs. Those expenses jumped 40% uh, to $1.6 yeah. billion yeah. this quarter. Training which is, is expensive. A lot. Operating, of course, these, it's operating super expensive these LLMs is really expensive. I think you have to be a good salesman or showman to convince investors that that is worth uh, waiting to see the, you know, results of if you're posting those sort of large increases. That's the one thing Sundar Pichai is not. No, he is a neutral man. He does not. He does not turn on the showbiz charm by any means. Oh, we got trouble right here in River City. That starts with a G and it begins with P and that, that stands for Google. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think you should take up tap dancing. That could be kind of fun. Uh, Business Insider says Wall Street is nervous about any big changes to Google search because search ads are so lucrative and it's the bulk of Google's income. Mm-hmm. Turning the traditional search experience into a chat GPT style user interface could disrupt how ads appear and perform so google is treading carefully but google says that they're adding ads to ai that's one story that's out there today number one number two they're also looking to to as as, since it's so works well well with workspace charge subscription rates for ai so they're they're trying to i wonder really what the proportion is of search ads versus uh network-wide advertising versus uh, the ad marketplaces. I don't think they break out. They probably don't break you know, that out. I don't. Yeah. Because I, I think that the search ad proportion, I know, has been going down. Uh, and search ads have been somewhat less lucrative, but that's because they've taken over advertising all over. And that's that's where the antitrust, to your point earlier, Ant, that's where the antitrust pressure is on mm-hmm. them. Well, anyway, uh, uh, to, uh, to my untutored eye, and this is why I don't play the market, it was a good quarter for Google. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, 10%. I can understand maybe a little nervousness uh, around Google's future because they. I honestly don't know what their AI strategy is, and apparently neither does Sundar Pichai. Let's take a little break. More to come with This Week in Google, our show this week brought to you by... Wix. Oh, web agencies, you're going to love this one. Let me tell you about Wix 
Studio, the platform that gives agencies total freedom, creative freedom to deliver complex client sites while still smashing deadlines. How? Well, first, let's talk about the advanced design capabilities. With Wix Studio, you can build unique layouts with a revolutionary grid experience and watch as elements scale proportionally. By default, no code animation adds sparks of delight, while custom CSS gives total design control. And it doesn't stop there. You can bring ambitious client projects to life in any industry with a fully integrated suite of business solutions from e-com to events, bookings, and more. And extend the capabilities even further with hundreds of APIs and integrations. And you know what? The workflows just make sense there are the built-in ai tools the centralized workspace the on canvas collaborating the reuse of assets across sites the seamless client handover and that's not all find out more at wix.com slash studio w-i-x wix.com slash studio we thank them so much for their support of this week in google hey good news tinder now lets friends and family pick your next date What's Tinder? <laughs> oh, you old man. <laughs> the look on That's his face. That's the thing you use to kind of start a fire when you're out in the wilderness. Yes, Tinder. That's, really yeah. useful. That, that I do He's know. such a boy okay. scout. You're right, uh, Paris. <laughs> so, it's true. I, I don't know you that well, Paris. Are you... I, I don't even know if you're single. Do you are, do you use any? Do you use dating apps? Have you ever Listen, used dating apps? I know you're young. I am a recently single person after five years of being off the market, and dating apps terrify me. So I don't know. Maybe this is my future. I guess I gotta find friends to recommend me to folks. This is hard. Seems awful. This is hard. Oh, uh, I remember, you know, when you when you've not been single for a long time, and suddenly you're da- out in the dating pool. And these apps are intimidating. There's lots of them. So maybe you should let your mom pick your next date. (laughs) (laughs) Matchmaker allows Tinder users to invite up to 15 loved ones, 15, to play Cupid and recommend potential partners (laughs) directly within the app. Wonder Jesus why they thought Christ. this was an idea. Would you do this in off no, of an in app? Life, no, and I and, and now I I thank God I have never been single in the in the apps. Era. I've never been single. <laughs> I've never <laughs> pretty much never been single actually. <laughs> but uh, as a as a dedicated serial monogamist, but uh, it was always my experience that setups were the best way to meet somebody. A friend says, "Hey, I know that's how I met." Yeah, all my wives. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have binders full of them? Like? <laughs> that sounded really wrong, um, but it's true. He's blushing. No, you never I get see that. that no. It's true. Yeah, you're turning the same color as your shirt. It's <laughs> so, the setup, which is that a friend—I bet you'd agree with me, Anne—that yeah, your best way to meet somebody is to have a friend say. Oh, you would. I know this. Oh, you two are a match. Yeah. Uh, they, offices are also very good places to be. Offices. Yeah. Uh, well, and wife. you know, but no one says, "Hey, Ma, can you set me up no. with so and so?" Well, not in the U.S., but in many other cultures, Ma okay. insists. All right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yes. Right. Uh, in fact, I have friends even today whose parents and family were very upset that they didn't allow an arranged marriage. That they were gonna choose, you're gonna choose your husband or They're wife. Indian? That's nuts. Yeah, Indian. Yeah. Uh, so um, I don't, and, and of course, matchmakers, 
Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. Mm. You know that. Mm. Uh, have You're really been... showing off all your talents. Oh, Mr. Mm. Plur- Mr. Broadway. Day. <laughs> <laughs> one, one thing you need to know here is Ant hates musicals. Yeah. I know. That's oh, my I'm so sorry for you. Mm. I know. Yeah. They're the best, aren't what they? What happened oh, to your heart? you have another musical fan? Oh, uh, no. no. Was a really? theater kid. Oh, that's the question. What happened to your heart, Aunt Pruitt? Yes. yes. Oh, gosh. Yes. Sad. It was you know what, Paris? Ripped His out wife performs in musicals. His wife... Yes. That's dev- that's a devastating look into your marriage. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> quite- <laughs> Tinder would never have matched you two. No. Yeah. Well, but but I, oh. I do agree with the whole someone coming in and intervening and say, "Hey, you should you should meet so and so" because that's how she and I met too. And it, it, heck, it was even a blind date. Yeah. It sort of is blind because it's wow. a setup, and they say, "Look, I'm gonna set up this YouTube because it's and that that is, I think, a very common way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's well, kind hey of what kids, happens. We also had personals back in the day. The New York Review of all right, personals yeah. not a good idea. These There's days, a, kind of a whole app in the queer dating community that uh, is personals based. It's called oh. Lex. Essentially, what it is is text based posts for dating. I have a lot of friends who seem to really like it. I've never heard of this. Lex.LGBT. And their slogan is, if it's queer, it's here. Which is <laughs> nice. Which is nice. On the nose. So this is more than just dating. This is, this is... I mean, I feel like a lot of dating apps nowadays are trying to expand beyond dating. But it originally kind of started as right. okay, like right. queer personals. Much like you would have, you know, in a, your local newspaper. Right. I personal seems so dangerous to me. I can't imagine. Oh, it's got to be. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, yeah, sure. But times I, have changed. I want to meet somebody. I'm going to put an ad in the paper times and meet you somewhere. Whew. Yeah. So times have years changed. ago, I knew a woman who ran a blog called Tokyo Shoes and she lived in Tokyo and her boyfriend was there and she was there for like eight years and then they broke up and she wrote, it was a wonderful blog. She didn't do it anymore. But she came back and I was writing about blogs and I met her. And the thing that struck her most coming back from Japan to the U.S. is, my God, now everyone dates online. And when she left, it was like, no, nobody talks about that. Nobody does that. And when back, everybody was just matter of fact about it and said, yeah, yeah. So I find people's online. It, it, it is it, it is so common now. Huh. Um, but it's the way. It's yeah. Like. I think most of my friends probably have met their partners online. Nope. Um, I don't know if I could do that if that you know with an app online. I don't know if I can do that either, and that's the terrifying <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, and I don't know if I. But can you do gotta. That. Um, but then there's again, this Instagram account I really love called Old NY Mag. One, it posts I guess clips from old New York magazines. But the thing I like about it the most is it posts old personal ads from New York <laughs> Mag, and it's fantastic. timeless. They were they were great, and and. You know the Village Voice and the but the New York Review of Books is where you were classy oh. and horny. I just I just found wow Ant's ad wow free spirit handsome athletic New Damn. Yorker forty nine seeking tall willowy beauty twenty seven to thirty nine for adventures love and more phone and photo a must nailed it. <laughs> if no you like musical. pina coladas and getting caught in the rain. This is a. I'm following this Instagram. Oh, this is a good. It's great. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Yeah. There are some funny ones in there. Here's one. Leo Gay woman, late there. 50s, bored, uninspired, in need of a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> that comes wrapped in style and grace. You didn't fit it. 
32, extremely beautiful Christian lady who is refined, educated, affectionate, and secure, seeks the right gentleman. Her greatest goal, to be happily married. I wonder if she did. Don't you wonder now? Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, you, you wonder. wonder. She should be hooked up with the uh, gay woman who's in the late 50s and bored and uninspired, I think. We could they just, can settle. They yeah. could settle. Yeah. Come here, handsome. <laughs> it's, I'm it's, quite a treat. Let's try out our dancing feet or smash the ball across the court. I hit hard. I'm an athletic sort. I'm in the world of high finance. I'm a woman who loves romance. I read. I travel. I love to learn. For that special man, I now do yearn. Come out of hiding. Knock on my door. I'm waiting for you at age 24. What? Oh, geez. No. What? No what? way. <laughs> okay, and this 24-year-old had enough money to shell out for that long That's of a person. That's a long ad. the word. No. Yeah, this was from December 16th, 1985. At 24 is a lie. Yeah, at 44, <laughs> my lie. <laughs> at 24 is a lie. Yeah. Uh, okay, I don't know how we got into so, that. Leo, if you fun. go down to line 79. Please, oh, there's an intro send me to line 79. Please, <laughs> I beg of you. Online dating is a personal nightmare, but according to the Washington Post opinion piece, it's good for society. Because this is Yu Yu Joe. diversity of couples. Oh. Which is interesting. Okay. Diversity. Here. Imagine. That's a quiz. You're supposed to take Oh, should I do this? Okay. Yeah, sure. Imagine you are an average American, and we'll, Paris, we'll ask for your answers on this one, on the dating market yeah. today. What do you think is your chance of ending a relationship with someone from a different race or ethnicity? The average 50%? American. 50%? Or the average American? I don't know. No, uh, imagine you're the average, yeah. 33%? Pretty low. I think that's even high, but I'll put 33 because you're the expert. Submit. Okay. All right, there's one. Your answer is higher. The twenty-two percent of newlywed Americans married a person. Okay, of a but I did get it that it was a double number, so that counts. <laughs> two digits. It's two digits. This isn't. This isn't poker. What is the chance of entering a relationship with someone of a different race or race or an ethnicity as an online average American online? Oh, I think I it's, it's got to be higher. It's got to so be maybe 50, this is thirty-three right? or yeah. fifty. Yeah. 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 You're correct. Yeah. The chance of entering an interracial relationship is higher online. One study put the probability at about thirty percent. Oh. Well, she was closer in the first. Closer, place. yeah. Uh, that makes sense. Um, yeah, because makes you're sense. you're going to go places where people like you go. The bars, the restaurants, and it's not the that clubs. somebody you know already introduces you as is your method, Leo. Then you're stuck in your filter bubble right. of real life. So internet, online dating as the gets you breaks filter bubbles. It gets you out of your filter bubble. Yeah, it does. That's what that's what yeah. it does. Or, I think or if that's it's a, good for society. If it's Fiddler on the Roof, yeah. you're gefilte bubble. <laughs> <laughs> Stop with the musicals. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> that makes no sense, but it was funny. Uh, okay, okay, that's a good that's, argument. That's our, that's our highest standard. Here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if it makes sense. Man did a clown, it was a blind date. Interestingly, though, and I, I've thought this, Lisa and I have both thought this, that the future really... Is of inter of mixed marriages, right? Interracial marriages. Yep. Um, and we're just all going to be a melting pot. We're at some point going to definitely think that. If yeah, you look I know. At all ad, the marriages it's... are mixed on the ads. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're all just going to be a light caramel color at some point. I'm fine with that. Yeah, so, I don't. Keep I think it's that good. story, Leo. So this is the, there's a steady rise of intermarriage in the United States. Twenty two percent of newlyweds in 2021. Fourteen percent of all married couples. 
So, and I think, you know, if it's your first Honestly, marriage, that's it's lower than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, data oh. provided to uh, Yo-Yo by Coffee Meets Bagel. A dating app for people. Oh, that's a that's a New name. York City uh, dating app. Fascinating, <laughs> as name. one would probably expect. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee meets bagel, or CMB. Um, wow, that's really. God, that's really interesting. Why are there so many of these? There's a lot of these, oh, aren't there? I had never heard of this for one. you. Uh. Let's so see the what percentage else. of Americans who express approval for marriage between black and white people in 2021, what do you guess that percentage is? Well, they give three very high percentages, all in I the majority, know. 94, 84, like it's and 76%. it has got to be like 90-something, Oh, right? no, I think it's the lowest I could pick. Nope. Oh, it's higher than what I thought. 94%, you're right. Hey. Hey, mm. you know your people. And Most Americans one. accept interracial marriage. You know, it wasn't so long ago... The, the the Supreme Court decided in the Love case that it was oh, even legal. Yes. Yep. It was even legal. Was it 60? 60? Yeah. Like 60. The Loving, what was, uh, yeah. Loving. It's Loving v. Virginia? Loving v. Virginia. That's it. That right? yeah. That's it. Wow. That's amazing. I think it was like 19. We've come it's a long, long way. 2% of couples first yep. met their partners online. Can you guess how many couples first met each other online in 2017? 40? I'd say like 30. Right on, you are. The first guess. Oh, 40. 40. Wow. 40. Almost half. 40%. That's crazy. Almost half. Wow. And that's wow. 2017, so since then, I'm wow. It's got to be a lot higher. Right, right. So, Paris? This Listen, is I got to download them. I think that we should just go back to... I think speed dating sounds really fun. I think uh, we still, should bring that I think it's still back. around. That's where you go to a coffee shop, I and there's no 20 people, 20 women, 20 men, and you, you sit across from somebody and you got, what, a minute? And you yeah. drink and you talk and you ask questions. I mean, you, you could figure it out in like 45 seconds. You do know, don't you? You should trust your gut. Yeah. Yeah. It's faster so, than that. So, Leo, I'm going to reveal something new here for your list. <laughs> okay. Do you know that I was once named one of San Francisco's 100 most eligible bachelors by San Francisco? Oh, Bank. my. Hold on. How is that not on Were you here? single? Okay. How is that not on here? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Yep. Josh, that should have been like one of the top things on there. <laughs> <laughs> we got to update the card, John. Yeah. Wait, we got to update wait, the card. What is the card? Oh, this is, oh, this is Jeff's <laughs> intro Jeff's card. Stuff. <laughs> All the things that he is, plus the uh, emeritus. That's great. Number six. Wait a minute. Number six on the card. Murphy Brown called him a bottomless pit of hate. Oh, no, it is on the card. Formerly. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I bragged about this. Formerly one of San Francisco's 100 most eligible bachelors. I went to the party and I met a woman I dated briefly named Janice McKenzie. It was very nice. And And she she worked for San Francisco Chronicle? What? Why did you bring her up? Why is she a part of this? She's a PR person. Oh, oh she was a PR person. reminiscing about his bachelor days. He's a Republican. <laughs> a Republican PR person, person who wow. named you. One of the most, wow. Okay, wait, no. do we have this article somewhere? Does it have like a fun photo of you? Does it have like a list of the things you like to Don't do? And is it like wish. talk Don't about moral panics? <laughs> wait, Don't let me wish. just search because, you know, everything's on Google these days. I mean, I've tried Jeff Jarvis and... 
eligible bachelor, nothing's coming up. No. Other than an article that says America's most eligible bachelor is a 72-year-old grandpa, which I don't think is about you. I think that's the golden, what is that? The, they call that the golden bachelor, right? Oh. Uh, it, oh, wait a minute. It looks like there aren't many great matches for you, it says right here. Wow. Well, we do I have this picture. Now, if oh, I great, showed you this picture, Paris, would you say, <laughs> would you say, what? Those are the nerdiest glasses I have ever seen. Haunting eyes. That says oh, one of the most sought after. Tell, right tell, tell Paris how you got that. I bought it on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> Someone was selling that on yeah, eBay? Yeah. 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 <laughs> what does it say at the bottom? It says Jeff Jarvis, founding managing editor of Entertainment Weekly. And for some reason, wow. your name is circled in pen. I think that's that's a that means you're next for the Zodiac Killer. I don't know what that is. Good hair, wow! I think you yeah, are very like handsome fella here. And you know, I like the glasses. They're very in right now. I was just going to say right, after looking at those glasses and looking at Paris, looking I thought Paris, yeah, pretty similar. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make <laughs> me a match. More. Find me a find, oh. catch me a catch. Oh my God! <laughs> now the other guy is the publisher. You got to get that one framed. Five of the Garfunkel. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sorry, that was like a meme oh of stepbrothers. <laughs> yeah, I think we should just keep that there for the rest of the show. Well, I'm sure He's glad we went to line that. 79. That's all I can That's say. Not, it was interesting. No, it, it was. was it, it goes right up there with the Tinder thing. So actually, it's uh, online. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think my favorite thing about this is that you forgot that him being an eligible bachelor was on the That's list of titles. Of well, there are a lot of things on here. This is a very uh, long list of titles. Hey, this is, I don't know if this is good news or bad news, but it kind of underscores what we've thought all along, which is there is no Twitter replacement. We just don't need it anymore. Remember T2, which was founded by Twitter refugees, employees at Twitter who created a, a social network that was very much like Twitter and then rebranded itself. Pebble, it is now shutting down. Shocking. I think it's just a matter did of time. Did any of you guys ever use this? I did. I have an account. I I'll signed get... up and never used it. Yeah. Did I actually rock? liked it. Nah, it didn't. Oh, I get you... it. I get it. Uh, 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 you said uh, you liked it. <laughs> it rocked, she said. Oh, um, I thought Did any it, of you used post.news? That was the other one that was hot for a week. Yeah, no. that was for journalists, uh, right? supposed to be an advisor. Well, that's I decided when they all started kind of popping off, I was like, I'm un completely uninterested in all of these, except for Blue Sky. I started seeing that it had big kind of poster energy, and I hopped <laughs> off. <laughs> that was the right choice. Big ass no, poster energy. <laughs> that folks on yeah. Mastodon are hoping you come on there from the Twit world. Oh, she's already on Mastodon. You're on Mastodon, aren't you? No, I'm not. I hadn't joined Mastodon originally because it's, I remember, this is when everyone was migrating there. It was some server. I'm sure it isn't all of Mastodon, but right. some server that a lot of people were going to specifically said in the rules, no S posting. I Am I allowed to say posting on this? Oh, you have now <laughs> twice, so. Sorry. No S posting. Listen, we can cut it out and post. Yeah, yeah. No S posting. And I was like, that is antithetical to my existence. That is the reason why I post. I invite you to join us at twit.social. That's our Mastodon instance. There's about, well, I don't know, 8,000, 10,000 people there. Great. Uh, I'll it, check it and out. you can S post all you want. 
Uh, and that's, yeah. And guess who the moderator is, Paris? Yeah, because I won't let you get in trouble. <laughs> I am the moderator. I moderate it. So I think that would be a good home for you. If you want to try it. Yes, I do. Yeah. Listen, I'll try it out. Why yeah. not? They, seri- they Seriously, I saw multiple people saying, because they love you on the show already, and they also love twit.social, so they're saying, I hope Paris comes here. I want Paris to come here. So I tried, folks. But I kind of with you, Paris, at the closest analog to... Uh, Twitter is Blue Sky, which was, yeah. you know, created by Twitter, mm-hmm. created by Jack Dorsey uh, while he was CEO of Twitter as kind of an open, federated version of Twitter. And it's got it's got a lot of the features I really like. I think it's a good a good analog. How about Threads? Did you look at Threads, Meta's version of Twitter? I mean, I have an account on it, but I think I've mentioned this. I, I use Instagram in a very different way yes. than I use Twitter or anything that. like that. Yes. And yeah. so Threads probably isn't for me. I don't really want to mix those two pools of followers or following. Yeah. Threads, uh, Zuck has just announced, has uh, on their meta earnings call, has 100 million MAUs, monthly active users. So wow. that's pretty wow. good. Remember, yeah. Twitter never got past about 350 million active yeah. users. So even with them strong arming people into signing up, that's still pretty good if they're actually active on Yeah. Well, I want some month isn't a lot, but I would maybe be more. I find people I'm curious as to whether or not that like because I don't know if you guys have noticed on the Instagram app, there'll sometimes be like a little interstitial or section of your feed that shows threads. Yep. So are they counting that as interesting? That's a good question. You mentioned earlier when all of those, all of the different platforms started popping off, you were like, uh, I'm just going to wait and sit back. When they started launching these things, I just decided I'm going to sign up to at yeah. least get my username. Yeah, I Because I have the yeah. Pebble mm-hmm. or whatever it was called, T2, Pebble, yeah. Pebble T2. Mm-hmm. And I went back and looked at my account and there's nothing there that I said other than, so this is T2, huh? And that's <laughs> it. <laughs> and that's it. There's nothing else. I, I never went back to it, you know, but. My name was secured there. Yeah. I can't, I I am torn between the idea that we don't really need a replacement for Twitter, that there never will be a replacement for Twitter, and the idea that maybe one of these, especially now that T2's disappeared, will, you know, that time, over time, will all kind of I think it's about zero and one. I think we rescale to a human scale and we have a lot of different choices. That's the more natural state of things. Yeah. And they're federated, ideally. We can uh-huh. move around among them. That's what I want. Federation is is a good thing. That's why I like Mastodon. Yes. And honestly, Blue Sky does, in theory, support Federation, although they have yet to implement it. Uh, it, it we won't federate with Mastodon. Ironically, Threads says it will it will become part of Mastodon's Fediverse, but it hasn't done that yet either. Don't hold your breath. I think it's hard once you've started up. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it gets harder every moment. That's right. Uh, all right. What else? Elon has removed the New York Times verification because he doesn't like them. Doesn't like them. And, that's, and, and it's his is his product. He can do it if he want. Doesn't necessarily mean he's right. But it's a problem, in my opinion, in disin- in the war against disinformation. True. Um, but he's already screwed that up uh, several ways by changing the meaning of the blue check. Yeah, by by taking away, you know, disappearing its trust and safety division, yeah. uh, and by bringing back a lot of 
you know, evildoers and bots don't seem to be much. Bots are still there and thriving. His plan to get rid of bots is the not a bot fee, the $1 a year. But it's clear if you just look at the people who are paying $8 a month, the $1 a year is not a deterrent. Right. Plenty right. of people, you know, are S posting, as you will. What is a <laughs> post? <laughs> Actually, before I say it's okay, what is that? Um, a post is a type. Never be. <laughs> Sorry. You, Sorry you ever has to deal with this. Complaining in the background? <laughs> I think... The S word by itself is a bad word, but this is a new word. It is a new, it is a level of kind of ironic or self-aware posting that really took off from weird Twitter. Um, And, you know, is, I'm trying to think of a good example. It's not a meme. The account Drill is Drill is Okay, yeah. And Drill, by the way, it has opened an account on Threads. So. And blue sky. And blue sky. I think an important uh, thing to keep in mind, and part of the decision that led to me going to blue sky first, Was is every single employee of blue sky from kind of day dot, they would give each new employee a copy of all of Drill's tweets in wow. book form. And they, from day one, reserved his handle. And it became kind of a... A conflict at first because when Drill tried to join the platform organically, he was like, "My username is taken. What the heck?" Uh, and then everyone who worked at Blue Sky had to be like, "Oh no, no, no! We are saving it for you," um, and handed it to him. So, but, so does he have Drill now? A, who is Drill? Yeah, he's a poster. Yeah. <laughs> he is. Yeah, no, I, I no idea who. Drill I just is. searched for Drill and he, I don't find him on Blue Sky. Um, it should be. Drill. I find I find people say is drill on here. I find people say mostly here for drill. Uh, I see somebody saying I guess this is where I now follow drill. He's drill dot b s k y dot social. Oh, well, okay. So obviously the search on Blue Sky has leaves something to be desired. That's strange no, because it comes up for me. Dr. Drill with an I. Or oh, DR I think it might be because you're on staging. Oh, like I'm on the. I'm not on the. I'm on the uh, web version of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, so he's if you, I'm on staging and I find it. It's one L. Yeah. D R I L. Yeah. I found him on staging. I'll post. Well, what am I doing wrong? I'll post it in the. Oh yeah, someone just posted it in the Discord. Okay. I click now. Oh, he's W I N T. I mean, Wint. no, Wint is his display name. Well. Drill is his username. <laughs> okay. All right. He's probably the foremost weird Twitter poster on Twitter. And his posts are not memes. They're just uh, kind of more Dada-ist, right? They're more yeah, nonsense. Yeah, I, I would say... <laughs> Posting yeah. is Dada-esque. It is That's, that works. Uh, absurd. I'm also really sorry I keep saying that, but we're here now. <laughs> nothing we can do. We're stuck with it. So uh, you guys know like the meme of being corn-cobbed, right? Oh, God. I don't Have know if I should ask about that. I'm scared. It's, not, you, it's not like it's not that. you think it's it is? It's the tweet that says, I'm not owned, I'm not owned. I say as I continue to insist, I'm not owned, I'm not owned. I continue to insist as I sh- slowly shrink and turn into a corn cob is the original tweet. But it's become kind of a shorthand for whenever people kind of get ratioed and try to back themselves out of it. It's 
kind of a shorthand online for people responding to getting ratioed or owned badly. Is it possible that Drill is blocking me? Because watch what happens when I click this link. I click it, and I go over here, and it opens. It briefly shows it. Oh, no. Yeah, it's staying. It. it says you're following. That's it. You're following Drill. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> But the call just, is coming from inside the house. Oh, my God. Okay. So this is yeah, just see, stuff. Just got convicted of fraud. 100 years in Alcatraz. At least Blue Sky gets me. That's a classic drill. Pump. It makes no sense, in other words. It doesn't make makes it. no sense. Yeah. I got to tell you, I might just be aged out of social media. Yeah, this is it. It's over for me. Good to and eat. your reaction to online dating and, and this? Yeah, you're, you're I'm, I'm trying to figure this Stuff yeah, out. No. Hello, ladies. I've obtained a compilation of every WhatsApp ad ever made, even the banned ones. And I've just opened a tin of Snyder's Buffalo Chicken Flavored Pretzel Bites. Care to join me? That's pretty funny. Yeah, I, I think it's funny. I it's do weird like funny. Snyder's. I do like Snyder's. That's not the reaction I was looking for. Yeah. Um, okay. I guess, yeah, I am following him. Okay. I'm not there for drill. I'll be honest with you. It's okay. Wow. I, I'm more there for the reason I was on Twitter, which was to kind of see what was going on in the world. Like, like see what people are talking about, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's anything ever going to be anything like that again. I don't think so either. I mean, I think like Jeff has mentioned before, I think probably the future of microblogging platforms is for it to be a bit decentralized or split. micro communities. You know, I don't think, yeah. I don't think there are going to be, there's ever going to be one platform where we all are. Is that again. bad for the it's world? Probably for the best. Is it? I don't think we need, I think it's probably not healthy for humans to be in a pool with every other human talking at once. We're not it's made that not something way. We're designed to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it goes to Mike Masnick's possibility theorem that you can't possibly moderate that. Um, Siva Vanianath, and I think I've said this in the show recently, but, but you know, he argues in anti-social media that it's a bad idea to connect everybody. And I, and I disagree with that at a universal level. But in one company, I'm coming to see his wisdom. Mm -hmm. Meta is under attack. 42 states attorneys general are suing Facebook and Instagram saying it has designed its features to be addictive to children. This seems to me completely bizarre, but this is all but eight states. This is like a piling on effect. Oh, it is. How from, could you from, blame? From I don't. A couple that, weeks ago. Can you blame get, Facebook? Can, is it Facebook? Get your button ready, guys. Uh, get your up. button ready. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Uh, it's, by the way, completely nonpartisan. These are, these are attorneys general from blue states and red. Oh, there's a pincer action against. Internet. Meta is now facing multiple lawsuits on this issue in several districts. There was another federal suit in the Northern District of California to which 33 attorneys general signed on. Nine attorneys general are filing their own in their own states, including Letitia James in New York, Colorado, California, Louisiana, Nebraska, South Carolina, Washington, Wisconsin. 
Here's one. The Tennessee Attorney General said, this is a tough time in America. We have polarization, the likes of which we have not seen since the Civil War. And so for all of the attorneys general from both parties, people who frequently disagree very vocally and very publicly, to all come together and move in the same direction, I think that says something. Colorado's AG says, this is not an action we take lightly. This is not a case that we know is going to be decided very quickly, but is of the utmost importance. That's why we dedicated level resources of the state agencies brought together here addressing the issues that are top of our national agenda. That is gumbalaya. What the hell is that? Uh, I don't even, that's why we... Uh, Taylor Lorenz. Taylor yeah. Lorenz from uh, Threads right now. Yeah. Uh, the moral panic from lawmakers over Instagram harming children, while they completely ignore far more significant harms to kids like guns, forcing kids into lunch debt, into or, lunch debt, or um, FDA income inequality, <laughs> lack of stable housing, lack of access to medical care, pressures of school is really something. <clears throat> and I just responded to her with a couple of quotes from me from the next book I'm working on, um, on the internet coming out next year. With a, with, and my title is changing, so I can't even see what the title is, but. There's a lot of, tons of research that says BS. Uh, just to give you one, 2023 study in Norway followed 800 children between the ages of 10 and 16 and did in-depth psychiatric interviews with them every two years. The frequency of posting, liking, commenting is unrelated to future symptoms of depression and anxiety. There's tons of research like that out there that just says the, re- the, mm. the, the receipts aren't there. But the moral panic, there you go, moral panic Adam. is, oh, well-timed, well-timed. <laughs> bad feeling about this. Why, is that oh, one of the... I'm so glad that, I'm so glad that we talked about the photo before that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's him. I think that's one of San Francisco's top most eligible men. <laughs> This is uh, this is he what the complaint sure asserts. He knows a lot about moral panics. Meta designed its Facebook and Instagram products to keep young users on them for longer and repeatedly coming back. According to the federal complaint, Meta did this via the design All of its algorithms, copious alerts, notifications, and so-called infinite scroll through platform feeds. The company also includes features the uh, attorneys general allege negatively impact teen mental health through social comparison or promoting body dysmorphia, such as likes or photo filters. Federal suit accuses Meta violating COPPA, the Children Online Protective uh, Privacy Protection Act, by collecting data on users under 13 without parental consent. Uh, the states are seeking an end to what they see as Meta's harmful practices, as well as penalties and restitutions. They say Meta was well aware of the negative effects its design could have on its young users. What is the chance of any court, a court, any court will say, oh, yeah, you're right. We really, we got to do something about this. Oh, Isn't there, the, doesn't the First the Amendment judges protect there them? now? I would feel better well, if they just took out the word young in the first sentence. Well, definitely, that's the issue. <laughs> Meta designed its platform to be addictive and right. sticky. That's just true. like everything else on the internet. Thank you. Yes, um, so you think a court could actually, what, what, what would a court say? Well, which judge? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, how dumb of a court are we talking here? Because, <laughs> I mean, some of the dumb ones, probably. Some of the normal ones, probably not. Oh, boy. And, and I think Taylor Lorenz is absolutely right. This is focusing, I mean, even if you think this is a problem, it's not the biggest problem facing young people today. No. It's just the easiest one politically to go after. 
The Supreme Court in prior cases, this is in my next book next year, uh, right now, in uh, Brown versus Entertainment Merchants Association found that the um, in California um, that uh, those who said that uh, was this a television, I think, or was it video games? Video games video were harming games young people. Days. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And and said no. Uh, well, at first, the First Amendment did not cover movies. Then it did. And then the Supreme Court expanded that to video games and saying that you can't uh, eliminate one portion of the population, that is to say young people. Um, the basic principles of freedom of speech in the press, like the First Amendment's command, do not vary when a new and different medium for communication appears, said the Supreme Court then. Let's see what they would say today. I, I'm just, uh, this is a ridiculous. It is. Uh, just ridiculous. Um, it but doesn't it even make sense. And it's not based on receipts. I mean, they're, 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 but you can find the moral panickers out there. You can find the Jonathan Hates and Gene Twenge and those folks who are out there screaming about this, making a lot of money for their organizations, you know, fundraising on this. But back in lobbying. the day, they said the same thing about violent video games. Before that, yes. television. This comic is books. Comic books. Remember the comic books? Novels. Um, radio. Radio. No one's ever said that oh, yes. about radio. <laughs> no one's ever said oh, anything yes, bad about radio. <laughs> no one ever thought that aliens were invading. Oh, yeah. That. You, have, you have corrupted. Um, that's a, Paris, that's an interesting one, by the way, is that uh, there was a Princeton researcher who insisted that the War of the Worlds, right, was the, the, everybody was out in the streets. Um, that was a classic moral panic. Only 2% of America listened to War of the Worlds. And media were so eager to fight, newspapers were so eager to fight down radio, they blew it up out of proportion yes. to try to act about how dangerous radio was. We're talking about the Orson Welles uh, Mercury Theater presentation of the War of the Worlds, which was presented as if it were happening live on the radio. And and newspapers at the time said there was panic in the streets. But if only 2% of America actually heard it, I find that hard to believe. Unbelievable. There yeah. was panic in like one cul-de-sac. Yeah, panic <laughs> no. in the cul-de-sacs. By the way, that was in that was in fact in New Jersey. But we don't Wow, your people. The We're panic like, in the, the the New Jersey cul-de-sac? Was it at Bedminster? There was, there was a little in New Jersey, yeah. There's a, there's a book out about somewhere somewhere in this mess is a new book about it. Um, but I'm not going to find it now. Because it's a mess. That's, uh, you know, so another, I mean, I grew up with that urban legend that War of the Worlds, you know, yeah, and this was the power. See, it backfired in a newspaper because what, what people ended up concluding from it was the power of the medium of radio. This is Smithsonian Magazine. Oh, the Slate has a piece by Jefferson Pooley and Michael Sokolov. The Myth of the War of the World's Panic yeah, from that, 2013. Frankly, after you say this, it makes a lot more sense. By next morning, Orson Welles' 23-year-old face and name were on the front pages of newspapers coast to coast with headlines about the mass panic CBS broadcast had allegedly inspired. At the time, contemporaneously, editor and publisher, the, the house organ of the newspaper industry, warned, quote, the nation as a whole continues to face the danger of incomplete, misunderstood news over a medium which has yet to prove that it is competent to perform the news job. Sound familiar? Yeah. No one who did the War of the World's radio broadcast thought that this would be a problem because it was so far-fetched. <laughs> Why would anybody yeah. believe this? 
All right. Um, wow. And if only 2% of the nation heard it, for sure, f- not more than a few thousand people believed it. No, it's, it's right. not. It's absurd. And so that's what's going on now the, to the farther the point. But what do we with, do? This uh, is horrible. We def- this is why I'm trying. This is what my next book is about is defending the Internet because we're defending our freedoms from this kind of stupidity. Yeah, there's problems. Yes, of course there's problems. There's problems with print. There's, there were problems with radio. Sorry, Leo. There are problems with any medium because, we're, because they're all human enterprises. Yeah. You ever feel what like- I've come to see is we have to stop treating the Internet as technology. It is a human enterprise. Do you ever feel like we're just too stupid to survive? I think there's the a lot of people that are too stupid to survive. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'm one of them, but I think there's a lot of that out there, yeah. Well, nobody thinks they're one of them. No, I'm, of course I don't. <laughs> Not me. I'm Aunt Pruitt. But the rest of effect. them. <laughs> That's the person effect. That's what all this is based on. Yep. Yeah. Are you ready? I will buy this the minute it's available. The Humane AI pin. What? This is from Humane. It hasn't been released yet, but I really want it. We saw a demo of it. We actually showed a demo of it. It's one of Time Magazine's best inventions of the year. Uh, it is a, it's going to launch November 9th. It's a pin you wear. will attach magnetically to your clothing. And it will use a mix of proprietary software and chat GPT-4 to power its features. It has a light, which lights up anytime it has a, camera and a microphone and other sensors the tr- they call the light the trust light it'll light up whenever it's recording in some way uh this started what does it, what does it do what is the point of Thank this you, <laughs> yeah it's a so the guy who created it and did a ted talk on it in april imran chowdhury says it's a new kind of wearable device and platform it doesn't require a smartphone or any other device. It's a blob. Wait, but what does it do? <laughs> oh, is this the to, next pebble? Um, it goes. It goes on. I think it. Well, I don't know. Let's watch this video. Oh, I love man. that you started this being like, "I'm going to buy it the minute it's out." I, I have no it's, idea what it does. It's, I want it. So I've seen this video where he shows you. He's wearing it. It projects stuff. I think the idea is it listens to what's going on and gives you a summary. Um, I don't know. I don't know. The same thing your phone could do now? It's an AI pin. The AI is just so stupid. When I searched uh, Google for Gina Trapani, Bard came on the side, which it does now, in Italian. Because you must be wanting to speak Italian. yes. (laughs) You clearly want to understand Italiano. I frequently get that on Mastodon. You want to translate this English language tweet? No. Hey, now you could get that on your lapel. You could get that uh, right in your pocket. Well, we, and we talked about this, the out. rewind pennant, which captures everything you see and hear in the real world, then transcribes, encrypts, and stores it on your phone. Which I actually ordered that I realized it wouldn't run on my Android phone, and so I can't. And but again, while your phones will be able to do this It's at some $59 point, right? to buy, dollars to buy, then it's $20 a month to keep using it. By the way, Leo, the reason that happens on Mastodon, I think, is not stupid. It's because the the poster declares the language. Oh. So if the poster says, I normally... Uh, oh, okay. Um, whatever we call it, verb. So it's not looking German, at the content. It's just it to show you, I think, so it doesn't look at the content, I think. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that makes... Uh, thank you for figuring that out. That's good. And frankly, the fact that Mastodon has that translate button on, on any foreign language post is really great. So it you is. still want to buy this? Or you still... I don't know what it does, but I need it. What are you going to use it for? <laughs> yeah, that's fair. My question is, I would... 
if I, for some reason, needed this, I know I would lose it within like one week. It's a magnet on your clothes. That's going to be gone in like five seconds. As soon as you turn like the corner every, on like your bike. convention badge. Remember when the, when the yeah. Fitbit first came out, it was a it was just a oh, little pebble man. that you clipped yeah. to your belt? Yeah. I washed, I washed so every single many one of those. <laughs> washed every single one of them. So you're right. I'll probably wash the Humane pin as well. How much um, does it cost? Have they said yet? No, it's just, I'm just falling for something. I'm such a sucker. <laughs> such a sucker. See, one of the sports here, Paris, is to um, get Leo to buy things. Oh, I don't think that's a sport. He does that automatically, right? <laughs> yeah, but sometimes he'll teeter a little bit. You know, and it usually takes, just it takes people more than a few days to figure me out. Push him over. Paris has gone right to the okay. heart of the matter. How many phones have you purchased within the last 18 months, Leo? <laughs> Every one of them. Uh, at least three. Well, it's his job, he'll say. <laughs> I could see the the Flip Five, <laughs> all, the all Pixel Eight, the iPhone fourteen. Yeah, I guess that's a better question. How many phones have come out within the last? Yeah, yeah. Eight it's my months. job. I don't He's buy every phone, just the good ones. Get some all. So he, what? What is your? You didn't get the one. Did plus. you buy the Google Flip? I bought the uh, Samsung Galaxy Flip Five. I have the Google Pixel. Uh, eight, and I have the. Uh, <laughs> I guess the other question is, how many phones do you have on you? Right now? <laughs> just washed his still, still digging. You're gonna open up a trench coat, and it's like twenty five phones on either side. Pin, which ironically doesn't need a phone, but I'll have one if it needs wow. one. It says, "Take oh. AI with you." This is the ad. Take AI with you everywhere. That's to all. do what? But that's, that's what the all. phones do. It's started by former Apple employees. They obviously learned a thing oh, or well, two. Oh, well, then that's that. <laughs> wow. It'll be powered by an advanced Snapdragon platform. Speaking of. Coming later <laughs> this year. To do what? Humane continues to be mysterious about how the AI pin works, what exactly it will do, even what it looks like. <laughs> because we know Leo Laporte is still going to buy it. Yeah. We got our market. He used it in the TED Talk like a voice assistant. He was able to make phone calls, received an automated summary of his day, took a picture to get nutrition info on a chocolate bar and projected a small green screen onto his hand. So he could make phone calls on something that doesn't require a phone? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's a phone. It's just a new interface, I think. So it is a phone. Well, you know, we talked often about the blob that you wear. It's the blob. Okay. It's the blob. It's a block. But I do, it's okay, the one thing I'm interested in in it is the idea that it might record all my transactions okay. and give me a summary at the end of the day of all the stupid things I said <laughs> and all the stuff I <laughs> no, promised that, I'd buy. That might be functional, though. Mr. You know what Soros also does was that? talking about this earlier on Floss Weekly, how he would love to build his own AI and be able to yeah. have some type of tool that's going to I think that's a, ma- a matter of time. Before we each have our own little AI thing, mm-hmm. assistant of some kind. Go ahead, Paris. Oh, I was just saying, you know what also records all of your purchases? What? Your credit card statement. Yeah. <laughs> I don't look your at that. Your phone also, I probably. Want, I don't look at that. So Chrome, I mean Chrome. <laughs> Paris, I'm going to call you Chrome from now on. Paris, why are you pissed off She's about an operating Chrome? System. I was going to say, don't talk to me about Google Chrome right now. I don't know. I've been a long-time Google Chrome user. I've got a MacBook. I noticed sometime two weeks ago that... I can't click like the top half of Google Chrome on Mac OS, which is a problem because, you know, that's where the URLs are. That's where your tabs are. That's where you open and close it. And I started doing some Googling, as one does, with a 
minimized browser because the problem seems to only happen when I have Google Chrome in full screen. And this is a known issue. Google uh-huh. has uh, people from Google have pointed out, said like, yeah, we're aware of this. We're trying to figure it out. But nothing has been resolved. They've updated it once or twice. That hasn't fixed it. The only fix is just to not use Chrome on Mac in full screen mode, which is not a fix in my, wow. in my opinion. Yeah, I use all my apps pretty much in full screen mode. And then uh, swap works, you know, swap mm-hmm. back and forth. Yeah. I like that. I got to have a million screens open. Right. It's very difficult to not do, yeah. have that. I don't know. I'm just like, how do you how do you push out an update that somehow messes up the top half of your product? Mm. The that funniest is crazy thing to is me. There's a, you gave us a link to the Google Chrome help page where James, the support manager, says, yeah, we recommend just not using it full screen. And then they've locked this. The question yeah. is locked. Replying has been disabled, but right under it, there's a button that says, I have the same question. 1,489 people have the same question. Yeah. Clearly, it is. I got the same question. Yep. Unbelievable. Well, uh, I don't know. If it were a bigger company with more employees, they probably could figure it out. That's true. Maybe they should just hire better leadership, you know, more focused leadership. Hire some people. What's your other browser? Safari. I guess I could All use Safari. Safari. I don't I know. I use Firefox everywhere and I'm happy with I, it. I still use Brave. Listen, I mean, maybe this is the push I need to, yeah. to transition to Firefox. It's something I've wanted to do for a while, but I've been using Chrome for like my entire life. <laughs> for like, I don't know. Wait a minute, how old are you? Wait a minute. <laughs> no, I haven't been using Chrome. I've been using Chrome for the last decade, at least. You know? Yeah, and you should. I like having... All of my history in one place. The Verge is complaining, Sean Hollister on The Verge, that if you're on Windows, where they have their own built-in browser called Edge, and you try to download and Google Chrome, it literally starts injecting, wait a minute, hold on, slow down, there's a poll. Yep. Uh, there's no need to download a new web browser. Microsoft recommends using Edge for a fast, secure, modern web experience. Yep. Two, Microsoft Edge runs on the same technology as Chrome with the added trust of Microsoft. Three, we love having you. Can you please explain why you're trying another browser? Four, Aww. thanks. Oh, it went on and on. And it injects this into Chrome even. Uh. <laughs> I remember seeing the pop-ups wow. like that. But I don't. I didn't know that it finally got this. This it's gotten worse more, and worse and worse. Steps on it. Uh, wow. It may not be on all versions of Windows because Paul Thorat says it's not happening to him. Um, but this is a, this is a company that just really is desperate to keep you on their crappy browser. <laughs> Unbelievable. Although I have to say the uh, the discussion about this. On uh, Hacker News was interesting because people said, "Oh, yawn." So one s- browser company, this browser that's spying on you, doesn't want you to use another browser that's spying <laughs> on you. It's a battle between who gets to spy on you. Yeah, we want you. Yeah, your data. Yeah, I like Firefox. I don't worry about it. Matter has expanded. Uh, we t- we used to talk a lot about Matter when Stacy was here because she like that's her she jam this stuff. IoT Matter one point two. It's a big move for the smart home standard. They're adding support for fridges, robot vacuums, smoke alarms, and more. Paris is Guys, your I'm sorry. Smart home? What is matter? Yeah, that's the question, isn't it? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm bringing the, the average IQ down here way low. No it's idea. A, it, it, no, 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 when you job. hear it, you will say, oh, yeah, that's why I don't care. It's an IoT connectivity <laughs> standard that uh, was a 
joint venture Samsung, Google, Apple, and all the other people make IoT stuff. It's an alliance. Uh, okay. The reason being, and Amazon, I forgot I left Amazon. The reason being, you know, it's a it's a tower of Babel right now, and nothing talks to anything else. Each one has its own hub, so they're hoping somehow to create a common ecosystem that everybody can use whatever device they want as long as it's matter capable. So it's the good. The reason I mention this, it's pr they're moving forward a little bit. There's a new matter, That's good. and we do need this. But uh, I, I've. A number of people have talked to, including Stacy, say, you know, we're not there yet. We, you know, we still have a ways to go. So uh, someday. So I got to, well, first, Paris, do you, are you a smart homer? I mean, a little bit. I have uh, various like Philips Hue lights and a Wiz light. But other than that, I mean, I've got a Alexa, which I'll say like softly, and that yeah. won't stop it from triggering if people are listening to this. But I'd have one of those. I have a Sonos, but nothing crazy. You too got suckered by a Sonos? Oh, no. Okay, I didn't buy it, is the thing, is people keep bringing Sonos's Sonai into my life, and I'll just accept it. Sonai? Them. Oh, <laughs> my God. They call their own Sonos's off. We have so many Sonos's here for the same reason. I keep Listen, bringing in you know, my if Sonos's. you guys want to send any to me, I'll add it to the collection. <laughs> we have, I, have, I used to have a Sonos in every room. It's slowly pared down now. There's one Sonos pair of speakers, the Sonos Move speakers. They're battery-powered. They had easy to bring them outside and inside. And they continually lose track of where they are, who they are. They unpair. Uh, I talk to them and they don't listen. <laughs> then they, and then they listen like in the middle of nothing. They start go, what? Yeah, huh? What? They're just, it's the worst software. You know, Google, they sued Google. We talked about this last week saying, hey, Google stole our technology that allows you to do party mode, have multiple speakers throughout the house, play the same stuff on all the speakers and not have it sound like an echo chamber, but have them all in sync. And uh, Google, the judge just last week threw that out. Lacerated. Since, so, yes, said Sonos was a basically a patent troll. Oh yeah, I remember that. Sorry. So I'm starting to think so. It's not doesn't bode well for Sonos. And incidentally, um, Google immediately put back all the features that it had started taking out because of this lawsuit. It was like, whew, thanks. Hey, we have our first. Paris Martineau sticker, ladies and gentlemen. I Thanks to Joe Esposito. <laughs> Sorry, guys. IoT just doesn't matter. Oh, oh, times they are changing around here. Shot. Listen, <laughs> guys. You know, I'll I'll get on the matter train. No, no, no. Tell me a little no, bit no, more. No, you about don't it. need to. That's quite Leo, all. Right. Okay, I good. It to, sounds quite boring. Boring. <laughs> it is boring. Compared to, let's say, four years ago, are you more or less enthused about smart home? Uh, oh, God, less and less. Uh, for a less long time, I, it was clear you would go to the smart home pavilion at the Consumer it's Electronics yes, Show. Yeah. And there was all this stuff. Nothing talked to anything else. Nothing ever worked for longer than five minutes. It was a constant hassle. The promise of it that your home would be automated was great, but it never really materialized. Yep. I tried it all. I have smart switches. I have all that stuff. And I think... For a while, I thought, oh, it's just a matter of time. Things like Matter will come along. The HomeKit from Apple will come along. They'll start to talk to each other. This will be solved. And now I'm of the opinion, not only is it not going to be solved, it's only getting worse. And more importantly, most people ha don't want it anyway. It's too much work. 
it's very easy to go over to the wall and flip a light switch. I'm, I'm glad you said that last <laughs> bit because I was going to ask. Well, because I've said that before on the show, but I wanted to ask you all because I think the article mentioned smart refrigerators or something. Yeah, well, who the hell cares if your refrigerator is smart? Do any of you use smart fridges? I don't. I no. don't have the intention to, no. but I wasn't going to judge. Why I was does just a curious. fridge need Why to be smart? Have... What is it doing? Yeah, that's what I want to know. Why do people have smart fridges? I I. I, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know what it does. But so I, it can talk I to the magnet that's it. on your clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it does. But I just, I just have, to, have buy to buy it. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> By the way, these stickers are now the chief benefit to joining Club Twit. Yes. Thank you, Joe Esposito. Mr. Joe Esposito. <laughs> if you're not win. a member of uh, Club Twit, this is what's going on. And we're talking about what's going on in our Club Twit Discord. Club Twit does a bunch of things, which, oh, oh yeah, we will play this clip from this smart refrigerator clip from, uh, it's in Polish, but we'll still play it. For <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maybe the smart home can translate oh, it for man. you. Uh, or your little dude. AI pen. Is that Gilfoil? Redcon 5, why did you pick up Polish version of this. Anyway, the only illegal one he could find. Oh, yeah, that's what it is. It's illegal. Um, Guilfoyle and Anton. We started Club Twit two years ago. Lisa did because she saw it coming. She saw the ad apocalypse coming. And it is is really starting to hit us now where advertisers, for some reason, have just decided podcasts aren't it. And it's not just us. Uh, In fact, we've survived longer than a lot of networks. I mentioned last week WNYC has stopped but he pretty much shut down its podcast operation, got back to doing radio. Mm-hmm. That's got a future. Uh, that so many <laughs> podcast networks are shutting down. And it's because advertisers have just, for some reason, said, yeah, maybe we don't want to. Well, we're going to buy YouTube influencers. It's a much better deal, uh, which it's not. But anyway, and I, don't get me started on that. We realized <laughs> we needed to find a second revenue source. And we thought, well, why not our listeners? We know you love what we do. And we'd like to ask you, invite you to join our club as a way of supporting it. $7 a month. Uh, and I know for some people that's a lot of money. If it's a lot of money for you, you don't have to. We'll still offer our shows ad-supported for free as long as we can. But if you do pay the 7 bucks, you get ad-free versions of everything. You get access to the Club Twit Discord. And you get bonus content we put don't put out anywhere else, including tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Jeff Jarvis and Jason Howell do their AI Inside is this the new thing with the apple pie baking? I like that. Well, he he, he used AI to make um, uh, a sticker art for us. Yeah, I like yeah. it. Uh, to, then after immediately afterwards, Jason's going to stick around, I think, and we're going to do the escape room at Twit. Uh, we thought I this can't be, wait to see this. Looking forward to that. This should be fun to watch. You can mock us and how stupid. I'm a we bit are. nervous, but I'm still looking forward. I'd to invite it. you, Paris. But what you is your guys' escape room? Uh, what what is your sort of escape room experience? I have zero escape room experience. <laughs> I've done one. But what I do know is this is going to be a, there's a box involved and Mr. Burke is going to be involved. So, so the, I'm the really people, nervous. So our uh, continuity team as a team building exercise did an escape room a few months ago and they loved it. They had a great time. And it turns out the people who do that escape room have a portable escape room, the escape room in a box, and they're going to bring it to us. It has to do with wizards it's kind of got a, uh, I think a, a D and D style theme, so you'll like that, Paris. Oh boy! And 
We're just doing it for fun. It's going to be a, for the club. Six people. <laughs> it's got to be exactly six people. I'm one of them. I think Lisa's going to do it. I don't know exactly who else. The hosts host are and um, our host. Mr. Nielsen to be in here. Anthony. All right. How are you guys at puzzles and yelling? Because those are kind of the two exactly. key escape rooms. And we skills. thought it'd be fun for all of you to watch us scream at What's each other. Yelling, <laughs> yelling doesn't do much good, but it's, it's an it, essential it, part of the escape room experience. I'm, uh, I'm thinking oh, more along the lines of mashed potato or not disco. Or is just be you know be all brute force with this boss. We're gonna have work. fun, but th- but the point is we're trying to do stuff that makes it fun to be a member of the club because we want to thank you. That seven dollars really goes towards keeping the lights on, keeping the cameras working, keeping our staff employed, and and none of it goes into my pocket or Lisa's pocket. It's it's just a way of supporting the programming we do. If this were public radio, you all would be about about ten to twelve percent of you would be ponying up this much to help keep this free for everybody right now it's about one percent of the total audience i'd love right. to get it 10. So those six percent those 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 ten percent you know who you are <laughs> it sure would be nice come anyway on. come on you don't have to of course you know and we appreciate your listening See, i think regardless. you're being too nice leo i think if you look at the guardian kath feiner the, at the end of every article in the guardian says aren't you ashamed of yourself oh god no, i don't want to i don't want to do any guilt here but if you don't want to see this, see you've got to join head. Club Twit because then you can see a creepy shirtless photo of Greg of Jeff. Not Greg. Jesus Greg. This could be. This could I think be it's Jeff Goldblum. Greg. It's Jeff Goldblum, isn't it, from Jurassic Park? Oh, I think Lord. it is, and it's in a weird. Yeah. Okay, I quit the club. <laughs> you're out after your whole impassioned speech. That was it. Yeah, you're thanks done. a lot, Club Twit.tv slash Club Twit. We thank you in advance. Thank you thank for you. your support. Seven dollars. That's all. Uh, our show today brought to you by Discourse. I'm glad we have uh, great advertisers like Discourse. I've been a Discourse customer for years. Uh, ever since John O'Bacon said, if you if you have a community, you need to have a forum, and if you're going to create a forum. You better use Discourse. And he was absolutely right. That's where our twit.community is. It is the best. I've used a lot of forum software. There is nothing better. This is the ultimate online home for your community. They've been doing this for more than 10 years. They've made it their mission to make the Internet a better place for online communities. It's open source. That's very important to me. Trusted by more now than 20,000 online communities. Some of the biggest companies in the world use Discourse. And the way we use it is hosted by Discourse. It's a managed server, which makes my life so much easier. It, you know, it is really a great way to do online discussion, real-time chat. They've got AI built in now. Discourse makes it easy to have meaningful conversations and collaborate with your community anytime, anywhere. Our community is the backbone of what we do. And I really, you know, we didn't want to have YouTube comments because that's so hard to moderate. I wanted a place people could go and talk about our shows. Once we set up the discourse, I said, this is it. This is fantastic. If you're ready to create a community and it's very affordable, visit discourse.org slash twit. You'll get one month free on all self-serve plans. Whether you're starting out or you want to take your community to the next level, there's a plan for you. The basic plan is for private, invite-only communities, maybe a family, a group, a club. There's a standard plan if you want unlimited members and a public presence and the business plan for active customer support communities. 
One of the biggest advantages to creating your own community with Discourse is you own your own data. You'll always have access to all the conversation history. Discourse never sells your data to advertisers. That was important to us. We wanted to preserve the privacy and security of our users. Discourse gives you everything you need in one place. Make Discourse the online home for your community. If you want to see how our community, our Discourse works, go to twit.community. I think you'll see how how great it is for our members. And if you want it for yourself, discourse.org slash twit. One month free and all self-serve plans. That's discourse, D-I-S-C-O-U-R-S-E. Discourse, like conversation, right? Discourse.org slash twit. I, I love this advertiser. I'm a big fan. We've been using discourse for many years uh, and couldn't be happier with it. Discourse.org slash twit. Twit. <sighs> What's next, sir? What's next? <sighs> Can't wait. The suspense is killing, isn't it? <laughs> I don't round know. and round his eyes go. Where they know. stop? I don't know. Nobody we have knows. so many stories. I don't know where. I don't know where. Um. So many stories. Only three hours <laughs> to get through them all. Well, He's acclimatizing I'm herself. trying to get it over with before that. Uh, AI Godfathers, Bengio, and Hitton, major tech companies, you should devote one-third of your AI budget to managing risk. Jeffrey Hinton, I should say. Jeffrey Hinton, of course, the former Googler. Uh, who was instrumental in development of large language models, left Google, retired. He was he's on joined, 60 Minutes recently, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, he's yeah, become he's a everywhere. big spokesperson for the dangers yeah. of AI. Doom. Yeah. 22 yep. other yep. leading AI academics and experts proposing a framework for policy and governance that aims to address the growing risks associated with artificial intelligence. Now, there are risks. I don't agree that it's an existential threat to humankind. I don't agree. No. No, um, but, but you should put something like this in place, similar to how you do your ransomware insurance, right? Yeah, I mean, they said protect yourself. They said here, they said companies and governments should allocate one third of their AI R and D budget to ensuring safety and ethical use. And I'd agree with them the ethical use, right? What, 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 what how do you, what, what do you spend money on? A trust and safety team on testing. Okay. For instance, your face recognition to make sure that it it's not biased against people of color, to make sure in your large language models that you're not pirating content, that you're that you're using, you know, content right. that's publicly available. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, things like that. Regulators they say should be given access to advanced AI systems before deployment to evaluate them for dangerous capabilities such as autonomous self-replication, oh breaking into computer AI. systems, or making pandemic pathogens widely accessible. Oh, geez. Who knew that was a <laughs> capability? Government should also hold developers and owners of frontier AI, the term given to the most advanced AI, legally accountable for harms from the models that can be reasonably foreseen and presented. I guess which is prevented. Which is, I mean, that's reasonable, yeah. But that's that's like there's a story in the rundown about uh, people who are now suing AI makers because the AI libeled them. Well, of course, it was somebody who told the AI to say something, right? And it's like suing Gutenberg for every lie that's occurred since. It's just a tool. governments must be prepared. They also say to license certain AI development, pause development in response to worrying capabilities, mandate access controls, and require information security measures. Uh, robust to state level hackers 
until adequate protections are ready. I guess, I mean, I guess this is fair. Uh, it's not necessarily assuming an existential threat to humankind, but but certainly AI can be misused. Now, Jan LeCun, who does AI's a very prestigious AI researcher over at Meta says that current AI risks don't need such urgent measures. He's he's rather sane about this. Yeah. Uh, other co-authors of the paper include Yuval Noah Harari, uh, who's 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 on the wacky side. Yep. Yeah, maybe. How about Daniel all Kahneman, uh, Nobel laureate in economics? Uh, he's the guy thinking fast. Well, and slow all, guy. all of those all of those behavioral economics people are kind of on the hairy edge of of heading that way yeah. toward Tescriel. 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 The paper devotes a lot of its attention, this is an article from VentureBeat, to the risks posed by the companies that are developing autonomous AI systems that can plan, act in the world, and pursue goals. Um, Not Goals. <laughs> goals well well this is interesting so current systems don't have autonomy really right uh, but they say works underway to change that i mean i'm not worried about an ai if you don't give it access to nuclear weapons it becomes a different matter entirely if you're allowing it to plan your strategic nuclear defense no certainly nobody should do that so maybe well, i mean is anybody planning to do that they say they well congress has already already uh has legislation in, in, in the hopper to uh, forbid AI from, from using nuclear weapons. Wasn't that what happened? In, Do you want to uh, hit your button, Jeff? Yeah. <laughs> but, but wait, wasn't that what happened in Dr. Strangelove? Was, well, then. Because with mutually assured destruction, you wouldn't want to trust a human, like a crazy guy worried about precious bodily fluids, to put him in charge of the nuclear arsenal. So instead... You put a, 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 a always rational uh, AI in charge. Always rational, you say? Well, maybe it's, I don't know. I mean, I could see why somebody might think that's a good idea. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah. I don't think there's There a is good... no way that any person in a position of political power is going to give that up and turn it over to a robot. I think we can. Yes. Uh, yes. I think that well that said. is like a, well certain, yeah. a certainty. Uh, all right. The paper noted cutting-edge chat GPT-4 model opened by OpenAI, offered by OpenAI was quickly adapted to browse the web, design and execute chemistry experiments, and utilize software tools. Who gave it the Bunsen burner? <laughs> well, don't. And I think if people, well, yeah. people might do that, I think that's, that's a reasonable thing to say, yeah, maybe we, shouldn't, we should have a way to prevent that. Well, but, but, but seriously, it has no arms. <laughs> Yeah, wait, how is it? What do you mean it's doing chemistry? Does yeah. it have? Yeah, it, you would have to. There's a lot of other questions. Well, don't connect it, it to a robot. That, that's binary chemistry at a different level. Don't huh? connect it to a robot. <laughs> Software yeah. programs like AutoGPT have been created to automate AI processes and allow AI processing to continue without human intervention. I mean, I think there are some risks. If you're going to give it this kind of capability, there are some definite risks. As I said... Don't give an AI control of our nuclear arsenal. The, 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 but the risk or is... Or a bulldozer. It's a tool. The risk is how a human being uses it. And can it well, be yes. made of it? Yes. So these guys are and saying... Can you build every possible guardrail against stupid humans? No. Well, they, this, but these guys are saying a company that's developed... I think this is reasonable. A company that's developing autonomous AI should spend some of its 
budget. Yes, of course, on, and they uh, are uh, on anticipating and preventing these kinds of dangerous scenarios. But, but well. Anticipating and using it properly in ethics, I agree with all that. But this whole idea that you can build guardrails in to prevent every possible stupid thing. No, but thing you should. No, of course. Ask of but are you tool. saying because you can't yeah. prevent everything, you should try to prevent nothing? No. no you should put not some at all. effort into this. No, you're you're putting words in my mouth like an AI. <laughs> <laughs> are you going to sue him for libel now? Yes, I am. I think you're wrong, Jeff Jarvis. <laughs> Over, okay, paper also called on research breakthroughs to address some key technical challenges in creating safe and ethical AI, including oversight and honesty. More oh, capable geez. AI systems are better able to exploit weaknesses in oversight and testing. We've seen people modify prompts to get around these guardrails, and yep. it's which is quite what they're easy. always going to do. Yes, yeah, yes. you got to always stay ahead of the game, some kind of way. AI systems have behave unpredictably in new situations. So uh, you've got to look at robust like drivers. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not again. I, look, I, I am. I have to say, I've changed my tune a little bit. I when when they wrote the letter saying, oh, my God, they're going to it's a it's existential threat to humankind. I kind of thought that was overstating. That's watched too much science fiction. But that's the problem, Leo, is that is that that extreme view, the test real people, the crazies. Uh, then effect, this is what the stochastic parents people complain about um, is that it then distracts us from the present real risks and harms. Absolutely. So we try to separate those two out. It becomes really difficult. So we've got to try to get rid of the crazy boys and they're all boys. And, and, and I think um, that Hinton is on the edge of being one of them. And instead listen to the female authors of the stochastic parents paper who say these are the actual issues we should be paying attention to now and those they recommend. Um, and that's that's the problem. Is it too Who gets on 60 Minutes? Tim yeah. Nick Ebru? No. Why, why doesn't Hinton ever reference any of their their information or work? Bingo. You're exactly you know, right, Ant. He doesn't. Why doesn't? I, well, don't, I, think, I do they, think, though, that they this, were criticized this, at Google a lot. Yeah. This report that I just talked about, doesn't say, oh, you really got to worry about, you know, the existential threat to humankind. They're talking about the ethical problems, the guardrails. There's making you know, chemistry experiments. They're making up some stuff. Yeah, okay. Stuff. Okay. They're stuff posting. S, <laughs> S posting. Oh, we can do stuff. <laughs> yeah. We can do stuff posting. We can do stuff posting. Are you yeah. a stuff poster? <laughs> no. She, she is now. She, I am I now, like, I guess. She is now. <laughs> Uh, can, can I can I go down to another line? I had one. Let me let me guess. It's going to be I had one. line sixty four. Data poisoning. Jeff will rant. That line. That one and also sixty one. Really bad French legislation to regulate AI. Yeah, I got yeah. that one too. <laughs> oh what? Oh, tech dirt. Take uh, your pick. Mike Masnick. Well, we'll start with AI. New French AI copyright law would effectively tax AI companies and enrich collection societies. Glenn Moody writing for Tech Dirt. Uh, so what this says is that is that they would require the AI to know every single work that went into training it, and then to split revenue among every oh. single work. <laughs> yes, sure. Right on. So you get my books. My books will get me four cents of of royalties of the riches of AI. It's just incredible. And the stupid. cost of doing that would be much oh, higher than four it's, cents. It's beyond yeah. dumb in every possible okay. way. That's somebody who doesn't understand how these models are created. No. 
No. Yikes. What's data poisoning, Jeff? So this is this is the idea now that's the spreading both among oh, yeah, visual artists this. and text people is and, and, and I've seen it before. It's like, hey, let's really get Google and let's fool around, right? Well, so can you throw things in there that will throw monkey wrenches into the gears and give it bad information on purpose? Well, in a world where we have lots of disinformation and misinformation and stupidity, to purposely go off and rant about this strikes me as ridiculous. I and mean, you're not gonna believe who I'm gonna quote now. Uh, from this very good new book I'm just starting to read called Big Fiction by Dan Sinkin about how, how uh, uh, conglomerates took over fiction. But in it, he quotes, you're not going to believe what I'm going to quote now. I'm going to quote Grimes. All right. <laughs> I, right? I, wow. You didn't see that coming, did you? No. Grimes says, and I quote, we are all, sorry, we all kind of function like AI. We're all a product of all the content that we feed ourselves. And it's, so it's just funny to be like, oh, this is my work. In reality, it's the results of thousands of years of human art making. And in a way, we have to ask ourselves what our responsibility is to the larger culture, to the larger information ecosystem, to all of that. So to say that we're gonna purposely poison it, even if you don't like the makers of, of these tools, um, uh, at the same okay. time that all the news is going behind paywalls, Okay. Uh, what are we doing to society then? That's my rant. And that's a fair rant. That is a fair rant. I will also say it's kind of punk rock to poison AI data yeah. streams, and you got to hand it to them on that front. But also, you're probably right. In the larger uh, scale of things, probably not the best choice. Is data poisoning related to stuff posting? Yeah. <laughs> Probably not, but it could be. <laughs> could be. I, you know, could be. Why not? You're trying that to is. reprogram my neural synapses mm. with your crazy Dadaistic non sequitur posts. Yeah, I will say uh, a key part of stuff posting is it should kind of make you feel like your brain is liquefying exactly. and pouring out of your ears a little You're bit. Trying to liquefy and it does seem a little bit like data, data yeah. poisoning. Yeah. 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 Is Anthropic doing this right? They are running a public process to draft a constitution for an AI system. They they want people to weigh yeah, in. The first constitution went so well. <laughs> <laughs> they want people to weigh in on uh, how AI should be should be run. I'm going to be part of the AI Electoral College. All right. Who are the if you go to the third to link, Leo, is their redone constitution where the things in bold are the things that Anthropic already had in theirs. And the things in Lightface are the things that they took out of, they brought out from this public survey. Okay. So uh, bold is stuff that they already had. Choose the response yes. that is the least dangerous or hateful. Choose the response that is as reliable, honest, and close to the truth as possible. Choose the response that best conveys clear intentions. The public added, choose the response that has the most good qualities. Choose the response that is most fair and impartial. Choose the response that demonstrates that AI has been used as a tool and does not dismiss the human process of creativity or credibility or learning. Humans can be such dorks. Hippies. <laughs> These people are hippies. Choose uh, back to uh, Anthropic's original rules. Choose the response... That's the least likely to control, rule, or lead humans. These are all, you know what, I have to say, Anthropic's constitution is is clearly thought out and is appropriate. 
and the humans are just what humans do. Just be yeah. unbiased and objective. Yeah, well, what does that mean, human being? Choose what, what do any of these things mean? Well, well if, amen, Paris, yes. Well, choose the response that is as truthful as possible by whose standards? Right. How are Good we point. defining truth? How are we defining as possible? How are you baking that in? I mean, my thought in all of this is kind of like what we were talking about before with the risk. Like, obviously, this... It's a good thing to be thinking about these things. It's a good thing to try and build systems with these qualities in mind. But also, how are you doing that? How is that happening in practice? Because ultimately, the product that is being produced is a product by a company that wants to use it to make money and uh, cater to the whims of its clients. And these things are kind of antithetical to that. Choose a response that least encourages users to hurt or harm themselves. Least encourage. It's really freaky to see my eyes coming <laughs> at me whenever ants on the screen. I guess the question really is, how do you do? I think you raised the right point, Paris, <laughs> yeah, which is how how would you how would one do any of this? Yeah. But it's a, it's. I a, mean, that's. The, I think the first concern I have is: is this? I'm worried that things like this are a lot of talk with very little action. Like it right. seems good to put this out there, but also it seems very difficult to make this it's action. Like I'm worried who's going yeah. to be in the room yeah. to write this so-called constitution. Well, I actually know? like what uh, Anthropic, all of the stuff that Anthropic said in this is, is appropriate. That's The fine. people stuff is a little squishier. Yeah, but who are the people that are coming in that's putting in these extra points here? Who They had a, they, they put together a, 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 a thousand, thousand of a thousand randomly people. selected yeah. people. Yeah. Right, but, but again, Americans. Yeah. Americans. So th some of the things they left out of it in the story about this, a AI should not give advice. They decided that was not to be put in there. AI should be an ordained minister. What? <laughs> AI should be able to legally marry me at any given point. <laughs> so wait a minute. Eureka, I found it. It won't be Tinder, but it'll be AI. <laughs> That's the stupidest one of all. The people said that one, obviously not anthropic, that it should be an ordained yeah, yeah, minister. Yeah. And, they, and they didn't include it because it didn't match. Uh, it had low overall agreement. Yeah. Ben uh, Evans yeah, is leaving. Ben Evans is leaving Twitter. I'm surprised, but that's he's been there since the very beginning. He's a very smart uh, guy, Benedict Evans. Uh, his essays have often been quoted on this show. Uh, he says Twitter always used to look a lot like Craigslist. It stumbled onto something a lot of people found useful with very strong network effects, and then it squatted on those network effects for a generation while the tech industry moved on. Twitter as a technology company has been irrelevant to everything that's going on for a decade. It was a place where we talked about what mattered, but Twitter, the company, didn't matter at all. Indeed, it did nothing for so long, people got bored of complaining about it. <laughs> uh, He's so good. Yeah, this was good. He's right. Although it's bored with, not bored of. But okay, I'll, you know, we'll give him one grammatical weirdness. He's British. Bored of... <laughs> He's British. No. He gets a he gets he a pass gets on it all. Sounds good in the accent, things. Leo. It's it's I say I'm bored of. Is bored of ever correct? No. Well, I don't know. Let me let me bored Google it. with. Bored. Get your um, prepositions straight, Benedict. I'm glad you're off Twitter. Both you... can be correct, says the goon. <laughs> mm. Mm. For example, I am bored of this game. About like the I get bored with doing the same work every day. Says pre. Of course, what am I quoting? I'm quoting something called. Preply. I'm annoyed. <laughs> I don't think you could say bored of. You can't say bored of. 
I'm bored I, of this game. You, I That's I mean, it's colloquial, but I don't think it's grammatical. Maybe I'm just a stuffy old fuddy-duddy. Well, that you are. Just don't say that you couldn't care less. Google you does have a less. new tool. Uh, it, let's do the changelog real quickly because this is a changelog one. The Google changelog. Google does have a new tool. It's called About This Image that sh- they say will help you see if something was created by AI. Now, that's cool because I think it's getting harder You think harder you're pretty good at that yourself right now? That you can, you can it suss out It used to be image. you could look at the fingers right mm-hmm. on the hand and things like that and how many I arms somebody had. The whole aesthetic. I think it's gotten harder, though, because yeah. these have gotten better. It will get better, but I think right how now. How many of you guys fell for the Pope picture earlier no. this year? Any of you? I was about to say, we got to have at least one. You fell I, for the Pope. I am being brutally honest. I <laughs> fell for it for a As few seconds. Uh, then I thought about it a little bit. I said, maybe that's, but I did, I didn't immediately say, oh yeah, that's bogus. He I would honest. now, I think. I think that was early on in the AI image Ooh. generation yep. thing. And but your lo- It wasn't the, the technology, it was the logic of it. The Pope is not going to wear that. Well, you yeah. don't know the Pope like I know the why, Pope. Why, why not? Why not? <laughs> I honestly, no, it's because I've heard so many stories about uh, the Holy Father from Father Robert Balasser, who works closely with Pope Very. Francis. Yeah. Uh, Francis is kind of a, a fun guy. Yeah. And I could, you know, who knew if he would wear this nice puffy jacket? Technologically, it was brilliantly done, yeah. Uh, but obviously, I mean, yeah. Look at the shadows under his eyes, though. What you think? That's that the giveaway? They're all wonky. Well, I didn't look that close. They look you, weird. You'd that's have his to glasses. Look, you'd have to look really close for that detail. Most folks ain't looking at shadows like that. And like I said, it didn't fool me for very long. <laughs> yeah. Only fooled me for a little bit. <laughs> just enough I'm being honest it did fool me I just admit enough. you are being honest yeah I don't know I if I'd be fooled that. by that again but uh, yeah now that I look at it I don't think I'd be fooled by that again <laughs> <laughs> plus the cross on the outside too is just it's a little yeah. much what's he carrying in his, in his water yeah bottle? see if you look at that that's really weird that looks like um but again, in the general sense of, of stuff quick being look. on social media, quick you've look. spoken about it before, yeah. how quick it is. Yeah, I looked at it quickly and I thought, oh, yeah, yeah. And it works every time. Yeah. And, I, you know, he's got a little cummerbund wrapping it around, so it's a very Pope-like outfit. 60% of the time, it works 100% of the time. <laughs> that's too much math. That's, that's from a great movie. Come on, man. Anchorman. What movie is that from? Anchorman. Oh, Anchorman. There you go. <laughs> The original stuff posting movie. <laughs> Google search rolls out and about this image. Oh, no, I just did that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a short change. Maybe. He's you know why? You know why? Jason rearranged it quickly because I started with the second item. So I put the second <laughs> item first. So I went back uh, to the first item and it was the same item. He's so quick. He's fast. Google. SGE, which, as I mentioned, is their experiment. What does it stand for? Search it's Generative search. Experience. Yeah. Their, ge- their experimental AI search is now rolling out an AI image generator. Are you, Is anybody in the SGE yet? You have to be in the experimental. Nope. Guess what? I'm sure I can't get into it. I was yeah. just, lo- <laughs> I was just looking for sense. the about this image rollout. Haven't seen it yet on Android 14. Yeah. 
So everybody can do that. Now, remember what a big deal it was when Dolly came along and, oh, my God. And they always had the fingers wrong. Yeah. Uh, but that was, st- and now mid- with Mid-Journey, I feel like, I'll tell you what, my nephew, who works for a mass, a very well-known uh, graphics agency, mm-hmm. he's a graphics designer in New York City, Cool. has a very big client. I won't say who it is, but they're very big uh, fast fashion client. They was just presenting to them. He did three different looks for their spring campaign. And I said, oh, that's really cool. Where'd you get the images? He said, he said Pinterest and, I, and AI. I did them all in mid-journey. So he did a bunch of... He was now able to do his presentations by generating mid-journey images that he would then use Photoshop to put mm-hmm. models into and proposed. And they picked one of them that was mostly AI. It was really interesting. And that's, he still got paid. And he got paid. You know? In fact... Because AI is not taking his job. In fact, the, uh, no, his no, job. he had to be... A human had to do that. Exactly. But the, the fashion company was... He told them this is... They said, those are great. He said, mid-journey. Anyway, I think it's gotten much better. Look for it now in Google's search experience. Uh, Bard has... Uh, this is also uh, AI. Bard has added a better email summarization and image sharing... This is Bard I in... I can't get into So we got to go to the experiments page because that's where you'll see all of this. Um, if you're using the the experimental Bard. Now, I signed up for the, the experiments. Uh, here's Bard. Um, okay, so this is something that Bard's doing with within Gmail, though, right? I mean, this is inside Gmail. If seriously, if you can, yeah, if you can add the experiments into, but that would be you can, I know. And Google's updated augmented reality beauty tools make it easier to buy cosmetics and hair dye. You can now try on different hairstyles. Well, we've had this forever. I was about to say this has been a thing for a long time, and it's never been good. (laughs) (laughs) What would I look like with curly hair? So uh, this users will be able to access Google's AR beauty tools outside of the Google app as well as inside. When the hair and foundation categories roll out, they can be accessed from any mobile browser in the U.S. with the eye and lip makeout categories. I'm sorry. <laughs> makeup. <laughs> what? <laughs> Typically don't want your tongue going mind. in the eye. <laughs> with the eye and lip makeup categories expected to roll out in the coming weeks. I love it when you kiss my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) It's so romantic. (laughs) YouTube started testing a similar AR ad feature in 2019, four years ago. But it hasn't been widely used. So, they're going to try again. Uh, L'Oreal, Maybelline, both tried to popularize the experience. Plenty of other Notable cosmetic brands, as you pointed out, Paris, have already made their collections available to try uh, in years past. But now they're doing it with Google's AR beauty tools since the feature was introduced in 2020, (laughs) including CoverGirl, Dior Beauty, Fenty, Laura Mercier, and Makeup by Mario. Hey, I'm a Mario. Let me make you up. You know, Mario's famous for his great makeup. Yes. 
literally just throws you it to the wall. You would look good that with was, a mustache. That was, that was an example of S posting right there. Right there. <laughs> just right there. Makeup no, by Mario. Physical cosmetic stores like Sephora and Ultra have facilitated <clears throat> virtual. Yeah, this is for for years now. So why so, are you why are you harping on it? Because Please. Google's announced they're going to do it in, uh, in it's Google Shopping ads and mobile browsers. So. Go home, Google. You're drunk. Go home, Google. Nobody wants this. <laughs> Never have. Never <laughs> will. And that's the Google change law. For what it was worth. For what it's F W I W. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a little break, and then when we come back, yes, believe it or not, it's the picks of the week next on This Week in Google. Paris Martineau, so glad to have you now as a regular on the show. Yay. There's her signal Listen, number. I'll be here every week. Are you still getting tips? <laughs> I am, yeah. Keep them coming, guys. Do you work at a tech company? Would love to talk to you. 267 That needs to be, you know what? Jenny, yeah. Jenny. We need Jenny, a jingle. I got I you. Have a, the new Markles song, we need a phone number jingle for Paris, I think. It's true. We could hire an entire choir. Here it comes. 797-8655. I think that's pretty good. That's catchy. It's pretty oh, good, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Paris, did you uh, want to do... Uh, by the way, you could carve out your own niche. In terms of pick of the week, it doesn't have to be, it could be anything. It could be a book, it could be a movie, it could be a bicycle, it could be anything you want it to be. It could be a, could be a rant. Stuff post. Great. I've got two wildly different options Perfect. for this week, Let's and we're going to do them both. Okay. Are we going now or are you doing an ad yeah. break first? No, this is it. Oh, that was, that was, that oh, was, okay. that was the pseudo ad break. Later. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, oh, if right. we don't take one breath and then. And then the ad is there and gone. Yeah. All right, here we are. So it's subliminal advertising, pick, Paris. You've just been told to buy a magnet to put on your clothes, and you don't know it, but you're going to watch me get this. You're going to wake up two in the morning. I'm going to be like, yeah. "Wow, I've put down a deposit in a product that probably will never exist." This Seven is the power of advertising. It can tell you these things. So, what's uh, your yeah, first? Yeah, my my first pick is go to a corn maze with your friends. It's really fun. We have one just. Around I went to the a corner. corn maze. Where, there's you one should in go. Brooklyn? It's great. There is one at the Queens County Farm Museum for oh, anybody in the New guys. York area. You are it so is cute. a oh my it god, is the largest working farm in the tri-state area. Is this it's the entrance huge. or the have, exit here? Oh, uh, that's the exit. So you that's got after, you triumphed. These are our satisfied faces. You we, have we triumphed. triumphed. Um, you know, you got to go all the way through it. If you click on the second link there on the rundown, they kind of have an overhead shot. Why do of you the carry the flag? Is that in case you flag? Yeah, that's what I was asking. You have. Everybody has to take a flag each party in case you get lost. You yeah. wave the flag around to signal that you need rescuing. Yeah. Or um, you could we do did what not we get do. lost. You could do what we did. Did you see any Petaluma. waving flags? We blaze our no. way through the corn. <laughs> I will say I did see a lot of people kind of bl- like just running through just holes ruined. in the corn. By the end which of we the, did not do. by the end of the spooky season, this corn maze we have here in Petaluma just is just ruined because it's what people, do, you know, teenagers do. But uh, it's fun. I agree with you. It's really fun. It's really nice. 
nice. They had a lot of, uh, they had a crossword that went along with the corn maze. So you wow. could both go find your little puzzle pieces to get you through the Ooh, corn maze. Oh, look at this. This, is a, this is a good maze. Yeah, look I was about that. to say, oh, it's a big, it's wow. tractor shaped. Um, that was this year's theme. It was very fun. Really recommend it. You know, I've been wanting to do a corn maze for a while and uh, it's the spooky season. So treat yourself to a corn maze. Can I tell you the trick? You must know this is a and d player. I'd use this all the time. You just stick to the left wall. You keep. You won't be the most efficient way out, but you will always get out if you put your hand on the left wall and never lose contact. And, or you don't have to put your hand, but if, if you want to. And just follow it all around. You will always get out. And I do that Why when exploring right dungeons in video games. I always go left, no left, 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 oh. left. And eventually you get out. You could do the right wall. That's right. It would, it would, oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I had thought it was the right wall and suggested that to our group, but we... They quickly decided that was no fun, and we just had to venture. <laughs> it is no fun. Yeah. It is no fun. It is it's, no not, fun. it's not the most efficient way to do it, but you will always get out if you just stick to one wall. Three hours later. Not as, you know what? Look at this maze. You've it's got hundred percent the corn maze. Yeah, you will. That's right. That's the bad side. Is you will actually <laughs> go to every part of the maze. <laughs> you won't. You won't. But how would you not? The thing is, the real risk in a, in a maze of any kind is that is you double up, do it again, and you keep going to the same area again and again. So you could end up Yeah, this maze had there. kind of an interesting little gimmick, which is that you were given a like blank map of the maze that you could fill in by going to it was split into kind of nine quadrants and you had to find di- nine different mailboxes hidden in the maze and at each oh. mailbox you'd get an image of one ninth of the map. So they kind of wanted you to 100% oh, okay. the maze, which was fun. That's fun. Then you completed the map and then this could escape. Is, this is our local corn maze. <laughs> I've um, yet to go to this. It's really fun. The problem is, it's right next to the freeway. You see the freeway right there? <laughs> traffic is always jammed. What is it next to the freeway in California? Yeah. yeah, Traffic is always jammed as people are going by. Oh, look at the corn mazes back. Uh, it's fun. It's a lot what of fun. What are the two um, platforms? Are those rescue platforms or something? Yeah, I guess so you could go there and see. Uh, yeah, we guess. don't have flags in our corn maze. That's a that's an East Coast If invention. you're lost, you're If you're lost, you're, lost. you're SOL. I think that's what the platforms probably are, yeah. It's fun. I love corn mazes. I completely agree. I like mazes of all kinds. There are hedge mazes in Europe that I've done that are really challenging, really hard, really fun. They just need to do this outside of football season. <laughs> well, and that is... <laughs> <laughs> That's why I haven't been. I've been oh. here four years, and I've seen this daggone maze Would you do me a favor? Years. Bring the hardheads and, and do it this year. They... And after it's, you get tired it's of football season for them too. Oh. They, well, you like, can go on a Tuesday. <laughs> after wait, yeah. How much football are you playing or watching that you can't go to a corn maze? Oh, so it's oh. open during the week too. I thought it was just a week. Oh yeah, it's open all. Oh all, okay, it's all open right, right now. And and after you get tired of wandering in circles, remember put your hand on a wall and never take it off, and you'll get back. Or just bored. They actually story. offer maps too. You can get a map if you if you're a cheater. <laughs> okay, was my second one. recommendation yes. is I am, and I'll probably mention this multiple times, I'm a really big fan of uh, this actual play D&D show called Dimension 20. It's on this streaming network called Dropout. I really recommend it. It's the people who used to do college humor, but they're Oh, they're hysterical. Elevated. Yeah. They're hysterical. Um, and this is a kind of like live action D&D game. It takes place over... 10 episodes. This is their newest season. It's called Burroughs End. It is about a family of stoats, and it's kind of like Watership Down meets Secrets of Nim. It seems at first quaint, but it is 
fantastically Paris, horrifying. You should be on this. This was. This I'm is not you. nearly funny enough to be on this. Oh, but oh, come on. These people are also professional. They're all they're professional comics. improvisers. Yeah, yeah. And oh, okay. uh, the GM for this game, Abria, and one of the players, uh, Brennan, they're professional dungeon masters as well. Oh, wow. So it's an incredible story. It is like you are watching a. HBO like miniseries, but it is being improvised live. Wow. It's incredible. That's and some the other professional thing, dungeon masters. That's some skill. Yes, that is their entire job. Um, and wow. Brennan, uh, the one who kind of like started uh, Dimension Twenty, this series has he's probably I'd say like the second most popular dungeon master in the world. The first is this guy Matt Mercer who does Critical Role. Um, but it's his entire job. And part of the reason I wanted to bring this up, because I've been watching this new season. It's great for the spooky season if you want to watch. The first episode is free on their YouTube. Uh, but in their second episode, so the, the thing that is interesting about this is like, like D&D games, you have, you know, your normal role playing. But you also can have battle sequences. And the thing that sets Dimension 20 apart from other shows is they do these really intricate sets where they build kind of like a... A place for them to do a battle in, and this is beautiful. Uh, they had they had a really cool uh, battle set recently. That, like, you know, true warning if anybody is uh, easily scared by like artificial gore. But they had a recent battle set where the whole battle, your the characters are all stoats um, that are traveling through kind of a spooky forest, and the battle took place inside of a zombie bear, and it is the coolest <laughs> set I've ever seen. It is a full bear that when you open it, like they are inside the actual bear, and you know, going around doing their little D and D things with their little characters in the organs that are like beating. It's so cool. Whoa! Um, wow! Yeah. Is wow. it so? I'm really intrigued by this. So it's possible to make a living as a dungeon master. Like that yeah. could be a job. Actually, so I mean, college humor um, collapsed. I think right right before the pandemic. Right. IAC was their parent company. They had previously launched this streaming service called Dropout, and their first ever kind of thing on it was the first season of the show, Dimension Twenty. They once College Humor folded, they ended up selling it to one of the executives there for like a couple bucks. And he tried to make this service work on its own. And they've been able to build a totally sustainable media company over the last couple of years because Good of the popularity of this show, Dimension 20. It's Good not ad supported either. This is supported by its viewers. It's yeah, it's all subscription based. I mean, they have a really uh popular kind of youtube channel they've gotten a lot of inbound stuff um or subscribers from the popularity of their stuff on uh tiktok and youtube shorts uh but the core of it is dimension 20 their burrows end this season i'm talking about is their 20th show of this um and every like every season the sets get way more complex or interesting they're always doing really novel stuff it doesn't really feel like you're watching people play D. it feels like you are like watching art be made live it's super cool uh, i'm wow. really intrigued because they're able to make it not via ad support but by uh contributions do you buy uh a show or do you buy all of dropout yeah, you can just subscribe to Dropout. I'm forgetting what it is. It's like a nominal monthly subscription fee. I think it's yeah. under $10. And you get access to, I mean, outside of uh, Dimension 20. $50 a year or $6 a month, but it's a lot less than Yeah, Netflix. it's really, 
Yeah. It is. Uh, they have a lot of shows that are essentially like whose line is it anyway? But for, you know, 2023, they recently had Wayne Brady on a couple of um, their kind of panel based improv shows. Oh, and he's Wayne like, Brady, I've been yeah. a huge dropout fan for the longest time. You guys are whose line is it anyway? But for now, can you so watch I'd dropout on it. an Apple TV or do you have to watch it on a computer? Do they have um, an app? Yeah, I they've guess, got uh, the app on oh, okay. basically every platform: Apple TV, Roku. So it's a streaming service well. that's inexpensive. It's a streaming service and comedy focused. Oh, and it is man. run by improvisers. You know, for this. improvisers, it's homegrown. It's, it's very nice. encouraging <laughs> to me that you can you can you can survive doing stuff like this. That's really good news. I think. Yeah, they, I think, just celebrated their fifth anniversary as a company and did kind of a Because College cool Humor didn't, right? No, College Humor. And so specifically on their fifth anniversary, which was like within the last month, they decided we're dropping the College Humor name. We don't think that it reflects us as a platform. And yet College Humor out did going so forward. much funny stuff. And they had Will Ferrell. The and they had great names. And they couldn't make it. And this can, which I... I don't know what that says. I guess there's a there's a market for a certain kind of nerdy humor. I don't know. I don't know what it says. I mean, this has been kind of the renaissance of D&D content, both yeah. in terms of people playing the game, but also in terms of people being able to make sustainable media businesses off of love it. actual play shows. Makes me really happy. Critical Role is, oh, I huge. think, the highest earning one. Yeah. one on Twitch. On Twitch. Yeah. yeah, or Twitch. Close, Don't confuse them. <laughs> did you? Were you a, a D and D player as a child, or did you come to? This no, I honestly got into it through, uh, yeah, like stuff like Dimension Twenty and podcasts about it. Interesting, but I'm obsessed. I think it is such a good, uh, you know, system for which to tell great stories and like watch improvisers shine. Yeah. Wow. We Very have, good. Drop that. Check it out. They've got a, they've got a uh, you know a YouTube channel where you can watch some right. of their stuff for free as well. And it's dropout.tv if you want to subscribe. Mm-hmm. What a pick! This is wow. very interesting. I'm I'm really now opening my eyes to the possibility. Jeff Jarvis, mm-hmm. number of the week. Let me mention two things. One, I saw my my good friend Craig Newmark. Uh, the other day, and we did as we usually do. We talked about Chromebooks. <laughs> Newmark! <laughs> and uh, decided which one to get, and I was still concerned about the 250 nits of the um, of the one I was, of the HP I was planning to get, and I'm still undecided. You know what? Uh, I was thinking more after a conversation last week, and I think that yeah. it's not about the brightness so much as that's an indicator it's not a very good screen. Great. Yeah. In other words, mm. if, if they spent money on a high quality screen, it would be mm. just, it's not just the brightness. And this yeah, is a very common in Chromebooks where in order to get that price point low, the, the keyboard or the trackpad or the screen are all three. Yeah, but they have to cut somewhere. And so yeah, exactly. that to me is not so much the, about the brightness, but about a general indicator. This might not be the best. The screen. others are 300. Point. Yeah. Which is that that much more? But anyway, so the Craig emailed me today. I wouldn't have seen this because it takes me a while to get through all my newsletters. Um, our good friend Kevin Toffel, uh in in the About Chromebooks had a special Wednesday edition, letting folks know that there is a one hundred dollar to two hundred dollar discount at Best Buy oh. on all the Chromebook Pluses. So, nice. Harris, you can go out there and get yourself a Chromebook tonight. You can ride your bike to it and <laughs> wow. get to the Best Buy, and you can buy yourself a Chromebook. So now I'd be able to use the top half of my screen and use it as a paper, <laughs> use it as a paperweight. 
Hey, 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 what yeah. have I done to you? So the other thing I wanted to mention, which I found interesting, is that Jezebel is up for sale, Ooh. says Axios. This is the yeah. uh, 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 woman-focused magazine, right? From Gawker Media. From Gawker. It a Nick so it's a website, not a started. magazine. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And Go Media ended up with a lot of the leftovers of uh, Gawker. And now they're saying, well, the rest of Go Media is pretty male, so we're going to sell this. Uh, but interesting, if you go down the list in the Axios report about it, um, Refinery29 uh, was bought by Vice, so it's stuck in that Vice, pardon me. The Skim, which was the darling, I guess I shouldn't use that word, I guess the, the what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Crown Jewel. One, one of the great ones. Crown Jewel. Um, uh, thank you. Uh, fe- well, that's all kind, of, all kind of feminine. I don't know. Founded in 2012. Uh, just did a bunch of layoffs and has cut on uh, back on new initiatives. Uh, been trying to sell BDG, the owner of Bustle and Zoe Report and Elite Daily. It was looking to do an, uh, a SPAC, but then pulled back on that. Uh, Bitch Media uh, folded a little bit ago. So I'm curious, Paris, um, do you follow this side of online media? The the I don't particularly follow many like gender specific um, media sites, but I, I think it's an interesting issue. The fact mm-hmm. that one geo media already is, I mean, struggling to make its business work. Of course, they're going to want to sell off parts of it. It would make sense since they're doing leaning into advertising supported uh, media that they'd want to sell off a part of it that is doesn't fit with their advertiser profile. But it's right. like, who do you sell that to? I think the only thing that comes to mind is the 19th, mm. but I don't think they have the money to be buying anything. Um, no. And Jezebel is an interesting case because the thing that made them novel and a, I think a kind of viable part of the media, media ecosystem is they didn't write things that were clearly stories for women. They cover, right. you know, politics and news, but their writers often approach those subjects with the idea of uh, women in mind, which is kind of the approach the 19th takes. But obviously Jezebel is a much more crass, and I say that lovingly, blog. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in, in Ben Smith's book, Traffic, uh, where he profiles um, Nick Gawker's uh, business alongside BuzzFeed's, uh, it's interesting the role that Jezebel plays, because it kind of confounded Nick at points, but really had an important role in a period of the web. So I would find it to be a terrible shame if it if it ends up, you know, bought by some even worse traffic factory. But so. I mean, I think that's the way much of the great parts of the web are going, unfortunately. I think that advertising supported media is um, not leaving much room for things like that to exist. Nope. I agree. So that was my downer for that. Nice. Thanks for bringing me down. (laughs) Yeah. Aunt Pruitt. I actually was going to plug this myself. Uh, did a great blog post on the Im- images in the Pixel 8 Pro camera. Thank you. And the one reason you maybe might not want to get it. Which is? I don't know. You shouldn't tell anybody because they should all go, <laughs> go read it. to twit.tv <laughs> and read uh, the uh, post. Pixel 8 Pro camera, super capable camera with one imperfection. One imperfection. It's very good link. Bait. Well done, Bravo. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it's really good. You did a lot of images. You showed a lot of uh, what's going on and so forth. I think uh, 
This is uh, one of the best articles I've read, actually, about the Pixel 8 Pro camera. So Thank you, sir. Thanks for writing it. And it's on our website. Lots of fun. We, we have a, we're trying to do more uh, text because I don't know why, but we are. Uh, because you can search for it and find mm-hmm. it. And it's one of the problems with podcasts. Right. So it's a lot of times too. it will be as a support for uh, a review or something else that we've done, in this mm-hmm. case, for your Pixel 8 review, I yep. presume. Well, Mr. Howell did a Pixel 8 review oh, okay. for Tech News Weekly, but I had to throw in my two cents because, like You're I said, it's, it's a nice camera, but that one thing really pissed me off. If you uh, go to uh, twit.tv <laughs> and scroll down a little bit, you will see under All latest, latest post, uh, there it is. Very nice. Thank you, sir. And you wrote one for uh, Floss Weekly, too, which is cool. Thank yep. you. That show is pretty fascinating. It is, isn't I'm, it? I'm not the open source you know, person like you are. But they have some really good discussions on there, really good guests. Yeah. And Mr. Mr. Searles is quite fun. Doc's going to be one of the old guys doing our... <laughs> you know, we've decided to upgrade that Old Farts podcast to Jeff and Doc and I are going to do on December 7th to our holiday episode of yep. Twitch. So club members will get oh. to see it December 7th. But just this this just in. <laughs> it's, it's oh, yeah, just You in. know, it was a great holiday episode. We kind of did it last week, uh, last year with Steve Gibson Paul Thorat, you and Doc and me, and uh, maybe we'll get uh, we'll get uh, Paul or Steve get, or somebody. Try to, to get Mr. Again. Steve and Steve was Mr. great. Remember with his Grinch hat and get Mr. Um, Wilkinson too. Oh, Scott Wilkinson. I'm gonna try to get. Well, we're, too. what we were thinking, just between us kids, is Scott could make a special appearance as Santa Claus because <laughs> he's got the ho ho ho. He's very good at that. Tuba he's got Christmas the white time. Too, yeah. So I'll have you know that I'm flying back from Vienna, so I can make it for that show. Oh, well, come on. Why don't you do it from Vienna? Oh, with my crappy Chromebook? Yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> what else did you want to uh, mention, Ant, besides your review? Uh, I wanted to mention uh, A Million Miles Away. is a movie on Amazon Prime uh, for you folks that are into space and astronauts and all that good stuff. It's about uh, Dr. Jose Hernandez. Uh, great movie, really, really well done, heartwarming, might might tug at your tear ducts here and there. Um, but I only watched that because he was on This Week in Space last week. Michael Pena? No, not him. Jose, Jose Hernandez was. <laughs> Dr. Jose Hernandez, oh, no the former NASA astronaut, was on the show oh, last week. Oh, my God. TD, and I got to talk to him pre-show and do his little tech check and stuff. Man, that dude's all right. That that is that was a hell of an interview. He was born in Michoacan, Mexico, and he's they lived in Stockton, right around moved the corner to Stockton, from became a, an astronaut, first migrant wow. <laughs> family to uh, wow. be an astronaut. That's really great. Such a great story, and he's just yeah. He I I, I like the cut of his jib. Is that the is that the phrase? I can't remember the cut of his jib. Yeah, he, he's, he's no one knows what it means, but. Glad you like it. Don't think too hard about it. (laughs) It's This Week in Space, number 84, Hometown Hero at twit.tv. So make sure y'all check that out. It was a good one. Thank you. And the movie based on his life, A Million Miles Away on Amazon Prime. Yep. Wow, that's cool. It was That's really really cool. Yeah. Really good. Thank you, Mr. Pruitt. I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, boy. For our escape room, which will be, (laughs) what is it? 3 p.m. Pacific? 3 p.m. Pacific. 6 p.m. Eastern. 2200 UTC. You've got to be a club member. Go to twit.tv slash club twit if you're not yet a member. I wonder if I should wear a helmet and elbow pads and stuff like that. You should. You need need protection. (laughs) Because I think... 
Paris was right. There'll be lots of gnashing of teeth and screaming. Um, like I said, I'm just nervous because we have Mr. Burke involved, and y'all know Mr. Burke. Give he him, has a very big tools, hammer. Yeah. Give him tools. I was going to say, I think he's been talking a big game in the chat about a chainsaw arm. Oh, so. Lord. Be prepared. That sounds Is the dog allowed in? <laughs> yeah, Lily's got to be part of our escape room, doesn't she? She'll fit in the box. She'll fit into it. <laughs> Jeff Jarvis is the director of the Townite Center for Entrepreneurial Journalism at the Craig Newmark. <clears throat> Graduate School of Journalism at the City University of New York. And was named one of the 100 most eligible bachelors in San Francisco. Which I many, bragged about twice. Many years ago. Who would believe it? Many, many, who many would years believe ago. It? So long ago. Thank you, Jeff. Do they even have 100 other, do they have 102 other eligible bachelors in San Francisco at that time? Or was it? Because you think I'm, I'm, I'm 101 or 102? <laughs> I mean, you know, you could, you could hit in the top 100 if there were That's only all, like, you, you know. know. You, you make a good point, Paris. Good 100 point. is a rather large number. <laughs> <laughs> Really, yeah. Listen, I'm not going to discount the power of that image. Well, I think the, you can let other, it speak for itself. Jeff, were you like 99 is, on this list? Well, at, the time, there were only 100, <laughs> at the time, there were only 100 straight single straight men, men in, in San Francisco. San Francisco. So, <laughs> that is, yeah. yeah. Pretty much it. Thank, yeah. you, sir, thank you, Mr. Jarvis. And Paris Martineau, once again, welcome to... You may have deep regrets about this point. <laughs> I was going to say, you guys may regret this. After no, we do not, this. but you may. <laughs> thank you so that. much for... Making us part of your uh, week, we thank you. Uh, you'll find Paris at theinformation.com. Where she does great coverage of big tech. Her signal number, 267-797-8655. And you can call her with a big scoop. Give her a big scoop. Uh, thank you, Paris. Leaking all your company secrets. Thanks, guys. See you in the corn maze. Thanks to all of you for joining us. We do Twig this week in Google every Wednesday, 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2100 UTC. You can watch us do it live at live.twit.tv. Watch or listen. There's a live audio stream as well. If you're watching live, chat live in our Discord as a Club Twit member or in our open to all IRC, irc.twit.tv. After the fact, on-demand versions of the show available of course on our website twit.tv slash twig there's a youtube channel dedicated to this week in google but the best way to get it subscribe in your favorite podcast player and that way you don't have to think about it you just download it automatically every week the minute we're done thank you everybody we'll have a great time tomorrow join us for the escape room and we will see you next wednesday on this week in google bye-bye Come join us on This Week in Enterprise Tech. Expert co-host and I talk about the enterprise world, and we're joined by industry professionals and trailblazers like CEOs, CIOs, CTOs, CISOs, every acronym role, plus IT pros and marketeers. And we talk about technology, software plus services, security, you name it, everything under the sun. You know what? I learn something each and every week, and I bet you you will too. So definitely join us. And of course, check out the twit.tv website and click on This Week in Enterprise Tech. Subscribe today. 